0: And welcome back to your regularly, regularly,
1: regularly, regularly, Welcome boy. to the show, Reggie. Just starting off on a good foot.
0: Yeah, a regular foot.
1: <laughs> a regular, a regular foot. episode.
0: Welcome to your regular episode of the regularly scheduled regular podcast. Are, are, are we all doing? Uh, are, are we all keeping ourselves regular this week? My uh-huh. body's not been very regular this week.
2: Oh, yeah, you might have some uh, some some pooping issues by the sound of things. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, we go straight for the pooping issues. It's
1: well, that's, like, that's oh, what regular means, right? Is... No, we just go straight for like this. Just...
2: <laughs> you might get, get poop particles all over your play date.
1: Wait, doesn't the like bidet kind of help you with that when it shoots its, like, its soul into your ass? It like... does.
2: It's so I don't
0: want to be too gross about it, but...
2: Let's you know if you, got,
0: that. if you got like a stomach bug or something, you know, you have to go a lot of times during a day, right?
2: Right, right.
0: Well, I've got to tell you, if you're using a bidet every single time to do that, that's a lot of uh, jet spraying in one certain area quite frequently. Uh,
1: this lets things loose.
0: Because no, well, it becomes relatively sore after a while.
1: It, it, oh no! The bidet is life's plunger.
0: <laughs> it's very helpful, but. Uh, grossness aside, <laughs> I, I'm here, not a hundred percent, but I'm here. I'm hanging on in there.
2: I, I I feel like we're bringing new, new meaning to the term butt hurt here on this podcast. Oh, on this regular podcast.
1: Damn, is it really 7am? It's 7am guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's how, uh, how, how
1: late is it on? You know?
0: It's a quarter past 11 at night and I've only just finished working and being regular. So...
2: <laughs> well, what about you, George? How, what time is it? George, yeah, here?
0: George, how, you tell us how you're feeling. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, it's 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 10 a.m. over here where I'm recording, and I feel great. It's a normal time, yeah. I good. feel great. <laughs> uh Yeah, past two days I was waking up bright and early at six, seven a.m. Today I woke up at four a.m. for some reason. Don't know why. Maybe because your sleep schedule is fucked. My sleep schedule is fucked, but I'm really happy that I did actually get up at six to seven p.m. for at least two prior days this week. But yeah. Yeah, I I feel way better than usual. There's there's some exciting things going on in my life, and I also think uh, might want to thank Bo Burnham for for helping me work through some shit. I'll get into it. I need to watch. But that. Uh, yeah, I, we we were having our, our our prep talk. This might be a week where I'm like the happiest one on the podcast <laughs> for just this week in particular. <laughs> I'm I'm real happy.
1: It's just you know just just less sleep it's early. It's, it's a little or i got i got you got to give me a second to start the engine you know <laughs> the, the the engine is cold
2: right now <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah i <laughs> i i know i know matt has some some good things going on and and a tease baby liam's in the middle of making a game and that's that's its can of worms
0: yeah man it's uh, been a can of worms recently but we're progressing yes we're progressing um
2: i have had an extremely lonely year that that might have like manifested in in into a case of of like adult adhd and depression where there was none before but you're gonna solve that I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I have some very exciting stuff going on. A friend of mine is about to give me a dog, Woo-hoo! and that's what you're supposed to do, right? You're supposed, yeah. right, right. I'm I'm about to get a therapy dog. An old, a good old friend of mine who moved out of town a few years ago is moving back in, so I'll have more more people to hang around with in the city. And th- since all that stuff is happening a few hours after recording, I'm at that like stage of like excitement where where you're gearing up for it and getting the butterflies, you know. Yeah, next week, next week is going to be the true
0: podcast. It's going to be dad and sons and dog. Dog and sons. I wonder
2: about that. Like, like, is the dog going to. Barking gonna, in the background. Going to bark? Yeah, yeah. They haven't warned me how, how loud the dog is, but at least it's better than nothing.
0: Well, well does that mean officially one of us has become a dad? Does that mean George is the dad?
2: Oh He's the dog
1: dad? my God, Liam. <laughs> Whoa, you just blew my mind. Holy shit. <laughs> George is the first George one. George is the first one? I haven't had a pet in years. We
0: always knew he wasn't gonna have a child. He was gonna have some
2: oh, sort wow of animal kin. Oh, thank thanks for that that prediction, Leon. That makes me feel Yeah, all of the like upward spiral I might be getting back into is real 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 real, real, real support feeling real supported here. Mmm. <laughs> Oh, you gotta you gotta say what type of dog? It's a beagle dachshund mix. There you go. That and there 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 will be photos in a few hours, but I'm really hoping that they have more dachshund in them than beagle, because a beagle should not live in my tiny apartment. Are you, are you so? How you you say it's housebroken?
1: So mm-hmm. do you have a cage, or it's sleeping with you,
2: or What, what is your type of dog? I will find out soon. They said that they're going to give me some some of the equipment uh, that they already have lying around for their own dog. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Um, so they might have, like, a spare crate and some spare bowls and spare toys for me. But, uh, yeah, when I was a kid, my childhood dog would sleep at the foot of the bed with me, and I don't think that was good for it in the long term. Because, <laughs> like, if I ever rolled over and suddenly woke it up it would snap at me the 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 wildness the wildlife instincts would kick in and it would think really? it was getting attacked no, that's in not its good. sleep yeah this beagle would get really pissy if you screwed around with it while it was eating or sleeping oh that's a that's a training problem yeah yeah I, I it never really unlearned some of some of those things and beagles are high energy dogs that are like supposed to be outside dogs that's why you don't feed a dog Unless you like you,
1: you let them do tricks. You let them wait to eat.
2: Oh no! <laughs> you are no, the My, my dog, my, he, he, he knew how to how to sit and wait and stop. But but he he just would get real real pissy if anyone was in like a three foot radius while he was eating. He, he 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 would think he was fighting fighting the pack for scraps at that point. For, oh,
1: you're gonna train this one
2: in the dog's
0: madness. I also hate to be bothered while eating and oh sleeping. My God.
1: But you're not a dog, Liam. You live in an un, under my roof. You go go my, <laughs> my <laughs> roof.
0: <laughs> your your roof.
2: My woof. Oh, oh <laughs> woof. Come on. now that's a dad joke that's a dad joke if we have ever made one on this podcast
1: <laughs>
0: we have transcended you you are officially a dog dad therefore dan sons is legit
1: yo i, I I'm, I'm a plant dad i i fear my plant dad? is still still living oh yeah it's been a couple okay. months i barely water it but i got it for that reason
2: well, based on how uh, last week's conversation goes and how the laws in California have recently changed, I uh, <laughs> what kind of plant, Matt? It, it's a it's a snake plant. It oh, okay. it thrives on neglect. So, Le- less exciting than I thought. Yeah.
0: Wait, it thrives on neglect.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. I thought I misheard that.
1: I was like, wait, what? It could be in the dark. You don't have to feed it very much. You know. I wish just, we could be like that. You, you could talk to it. it, it Talk to it when you need it. You know it's always there for you. You know one of its leaves might be getting brown, but it's okay. It still has like
2: no, five more. Natural. <laughs> yeah, a new a new leaf will come in and replace. It's like your toenails. You know you don't keep the same toenails your whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just <laughs> cut Stabry. it and like, grow out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're ever tired of a finger, just cut it. Another mm. one will grow back.
1: <laughs> don't do that, kids. Hopefully, kids. Oh, I wish you could, us. though.
2: That was the thing that like stem cell research was supposed to to lead to was was regenerating limbs, right? So if you like screwed up one of your if your fingers, yeah, before you know, George Bush and the Republicans in the White House banned stem cell research, we could have been regenerating limbs by now. i, I Did highly they really doubt ban it. I highly doubt i I explained that correctly. It was. Oh, okay. That's a controversy really from like fifteen years ago. <laughs> it's
1: like, did it really ban research? Is that is that a thing that that happens? Yeah. Oh
2: my god. Yeah, wow. totally. There is absolutely a lot of reasons why not to do a lot of research. People could be doing. Because of reasons of ethics and morals, and doing oh, okay. more yeah, harm than what you might have ended up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the controversy among the conservative Republicans was that the stem cells that might be able to one day lead to people regenerating limbs, supposedly according to the rumors, I don't know how true it is. This is just the Fox News talking points. Oh boy, would have come from aborted <laughs> oh, boy. fetuses. Oh, I, remember and I don't. That. Yeah, again, yeah. It was. It was so long ago, and it was Wait, it come was from part, what. Uh, uh, aborted fetuses. Oh,
0: wasn't it like stem cells from aborted
2: fetuses being injected to mm-hmm. athletes or something? And and like <laughs> war veterans, you know, what? invading Iraq over faulty intelligence from the same people who were banning research over things that could help them grow back their screwed up body parts after the war. But anyway, I'm pretty
1: sure there's a lot of things. That uh, had some questionable trials and shit like that that we used now oh yeah,'m creatures oh yeah, I'm pretty sure oh, a yeah. Ton.
2: well well, you know the only reason America was able to land on the moon is because we we hired Nazi scientists to build the rockets
1: it's true there's so much stuff just people don't you know most people don't know history I me included, but uh, every time I hear something new, I'm just like oof. We. Well, if you sign up to curiositystream.com forward slash
0: super bunny hop, you can learn all of <laughs> <laughs>
2: We can all gather round while I sing you a Werner Von Braun. I wondered how long. A man whose allegiance is ruled by expedience. Call him a Nazi, he won't even frown. Nazi Schmatzi says Werner Von Braun. You know Nazi songs? Uh, this is from the, the the late, great... Oh, I think he's actually still alive. <laughs> so just the plain old great uh, uh, musical satirist Tom Lehrer who would get on a piano and sing funny songs back in the 60s about how messed up the 60s were. Some of his uh, songs showed up in Fallout games, I think. But um, this is a guy from from my mother's time who I am bringing up to tangentially talk a little bit about Bo Burnham, you know, uh, in terms of comedy songs throughout the ages. I'm thinking about watching Bo Burnham's Inside with my mom later. Well, for the third time? For the third time. Third time, yeah. Do you like musicals? I guess now I do. Yeah. You know, I've, I've like developed more of a taste over the past couple of years, but I also think music just got really good ever since things got really shitty. No,
1: music has always been good, George.
2: Well, okay. <laughs> music in general. You're more general. receptive
1: to it, but it, it, you found something that connected with you. Yeah. That's, right. that's, that's arguably. That's probably
0: arguably, from a <laughs> musical standpoint, there is only one good song in that entire
1: thing music Oh my god. George, Music. Um, you might like fucking Why am I thinking of the, Hamilton? Hamilton? The 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 Disney? Yeah, Hamilton. About you the, might like Hamilton. I might like Hamilton. I might like It's Hamilton. history and the songs are really good. I mean like that really showed me what musicals can be. And they also made In the Heights, which is like a newer when I came out this year. But I I don't know if you'd be too into that one. But Hamilton, you should probably. It's history, dude. Digestible history.
2: history. Even, maybe I'd be. It's just I don't know if it's gonna compare to like the the, oh, the depression. The depression. The the hard wrecking ball hit yeah. that okay. is Bo Burnham's inside. I, I rewatched it a second time, and my opinion of it actually shot way up the second time. The second time was with subtitles and with a friend. Uh, I was able to pay more attention to the wordplay and also react to someone else's mutual reactions to figure out what was resonating with some sort of audience and uh, and and hitting the other person on the couch with me. But yeah, I, I cried. I can like count on maybe one finger, or one hand, the amount of times I have cried as an adult. And the, on the second viewing of Bo Burnham's Inside, I cried midway through the funny-feeling song about experiencing cognitive dissonance as a millennial in the era of late capitalism and watching the mm-hmm. world go to shit while also trying its hardest to stay normal. That whole like production, both times I saw it, was, was such a harsh wake-up call. The first th- the time I watched it, the thing that got me was him making suicide jokes and then suddenly harshly cutting to him being like, oh my God, did I just make a suicide joke? The thing that got me this time was that I was watching it with a friend. And for those, I, I am aware that some people listening to this podcast have been able to deduce some details of my personal life that I have not divulged here regardless. (gasps) But maybe one of the things I'm learning here is that maybe I should be more vocal about my problems because the internet can weirdly be a, a social support structure as well. I have an extremely shitty social life and the person I was watching Bo Burnham's inside with the second time through was an ex. And there's a scene in uh, the first half of this where it shows him recording a song on a keyboard with his laptop and he switches from happy musical Bo Burnham comedy voice to fucking shit. The stupid piece of shit isn't working like viciously cursing Mm. at the equipment and then all of a sudden switching back to happy performer mode. And, and like, like that stung to be seeing in front of her because she overheard some of those moments in like my own creative process in the other room. And for some reason, I don't remember my temper and my attention span being that bad when there were roommates in the house. But when there was like, a, a partner in the house, an intimate relationship in the house. And I felt a little bit more of those boundaries of um, inhibitions mm-hmm. and etiquette break down and a little bit more of the raw emotion come out. there would be those moments where she would be sitting in the other room and like like I would just start start yelling at the computer because my editing program was crashing or or I lost a couple hours of work. And, and, like, the anger, I'm sure it sounded worse through other people's ears than it did my own. And that was the kind of sensation I got from, from seeing that moment happen. I mean, uh, you realized it, and that's kind of, like,
1: the first step for a lot of things. Yeah. Self-reflection. It's kind of needed to grow. So... If you don't, then you stay the same for the rest of your life,
2: like a lot of people do. So I felt... An incredibly deep connection with this musical, and I want to show my mom and 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 try to to connect with her and bond with her over that and maybe maybe explain some of the anxieties of the the generational gaps going on and how getting so sad and so miserable over comparatively minor issues can can happen like that. So I gave Depression Quest a, a, a spin. <laughs>
0: Oh, this is where it leads to.
2: This is where it leads to depression. Uh, yeah, there's there's depression. I, the game depression quest. Uh, okay. I'm sure Liam knows what depression quest is, but Matt, do you know what depression quest? is? I never quest played it, is? but I
0: know. Uh, yeah, I know about it. I know who made it.
2: <laughs> of course, you do, Liam.
0: <laughs> not 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 personally. I just I know. Sorry, that came out wrong. I don't know personally. No, no I just no know
2: now. the creator of the game. By name. That's it. I, I wrote it out ahead of times. So I, ha- I have a summary that I hope will will explain <laughs> things clearly without getting any of the, the incredibly morbid baggage here wrong. Uh, Depression Quest is the game made by Zoe Quinn. Oh. It is the focal point of the core lie of the Gamergate campaign. And that was that, that a writer at Kotaku wrote a review of this game that would have violated a conflict of interest because of a personal, intimate connection with the developer. That review never existed, mm. and rumors of that review existing spread like wildfire and were uncontested, and the misinformation of that led to a lot of people getting doxed and harassed and leaving the industry and... Retiring or having their dog shot by police officers what? or having a plane get derailed from bomb threats. And, you know, for a couple of those days, I got 80 death threats in my inbox and some mysterious phone calls in my telephone. But I've never played the game itself. I've never really bothered that much to look into the game itself. Yeah. Because supposedly it's not really that big a deal in the first place. It was more the rumors over whether or not an unethical review of this game was made, and that review never existed. It was a lie to get conservatives to engage in a harassment campaign over six years ago. Yeah. But it was so bad that I guess it finally took that long to be able to candidly talk about it on the podcast. The uh, incredibly disastrous catastrophic events of the past two years, I want to say, have drastically recontextualized the problems of video games to the point where it seems like such a small fry in comparison to things like the coronavirus pandemic and the Capitol insurrection. But yeah, all of that shit may have gradually led up to to me developing very, very bad mental health where I used to be at least okay and functional before and, and might not have been for a long time now and so i uh played this game to see if i would feel some sort of connection to it as deeply as i did with bo burnham stuff and on another level the uh matt Fiore pepe the frog feels bad man stuff feels good man but my brain instantly wants to like call it feels bad man and i don't know how i feel about depression quest it seems like it like it was playing things very safe and coming from a place where it's making a lot of assumptions about the social resources people with depression might have. Your protagonist in this game comes pre-equipped with things like a social circle of friends who care about them and visit them and check in on them. He comes pre-equipped with an opposite-sex significant other. They come pre-equipped with uh, dental appointments and doctor appointments they all keep in track with, and a and a job they show up to work with. And I, I, I. I don't know if that's how it really works. So, so I finally took a look at that, and it seemed like, like such a milk toast, inoffensive thing, that I was more shocked that this is what was at the center of Gamergate than than I really was at the the rather lightweight hit that, that it gave me in comparison to some other stuff made in recent years. Mm. That it was. In in a a smaller way, it was fairly eye opening to realize what a bunch of nothing it's been. That whole fiasco was over this whole time. 2013. Yeah, back in the days, Uh, the the harassment campaign was late 2014. So this thing had already existed for a year. It was it was a scapegoat. It was it was more of a symbol than it was an actual big deal of a product being sold. For money on a marketplace that influenced other things, as the history would go on later, it, it feels like like quite the relic nowadays. There was a little resurgence of uh, text-based adventure games around those years, thanks to Twine, but it it re- Twine really fizzled out since then, didn't it? And I think I think everyone's awareness of mental health and depression issues have also reached a, a critical mass to the point where. I haven't heard about a lot of people discovering issues about themselves going back to this one in particular. Uh, I yeah, totally it. understand the uncomfortable silence here. No, no, I just don't
1: know what the game's like. I'm looking at the
2: pictures and I'm just like, well, because it's text, what? it does not screenshot well. It's it's oh. it's, it's all text. Okay, so
1: this vi- this video of this woman sleeping or man sleeping is uh,
2: it's 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 about. Uh, spending all day in bed because starving yourself s- sounds like an easier way to to solve the problems than than actually doing work. Oh, just like that. It's like that game everyone likes, that pixel game. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, um, I mean, yeah.
1: yeah. Do you have
2: any oh, idea Maury. how little yeah. that narrows it down? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. It's funny how you got it instantly though. Uh, <laughs> you know, a game has
0: got it's got a character in it. It's you know. uh
2: it's got pixels it's about about mental health issues um the Let's music's music. sad <laughs> people love that you know it's one of
1: those games where people love it and I'm just like I can't I can't get through you know after five hours I'm just like all right I'm done <laughs> maybe I'm not mm. there yet I need to be there you know when I hit like rock rock bottom you know you know the, those those every time in, in your life you you hit those those emotional roller coaster rock bottoms you know. Maybe I need to be there and be like, you know what? Now it's time to play Omari. When you're now it's time to feel all these, these, <laughs> these feelings the that feelings. the developer was trying to uh, to shoot down my my eyeballs and ear holes. Clear out the wax. It, oh, I... <laughs> you all right, George?
2: Did I <laughs> no, no, I'm not all right. But um, because I'm thinking of what to say next, and I shouldn't. <laughs> That's
0: why I'm getting a duck. Uh,
2: because k- honestly, like, how fucking dangerous and damaging and tone depth would it be to actually criticize depression quest in 2021? I think I feel like I've said, I'm at 100% capacity for how much I should be shredding the territory here and should move on at this point. Yeah. Cause if we, if we dwell on it, good things aren't going to come out of, of I that feel so like
0: much. we started off great. We were getting a dog. We were having a great time talking about my <laughs> bowels. Now we've sunk back into the 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 yeah. So Mm. let's bounce back out, right? Be more positive, George. Come on. There's a game that came out this week that was like entirely up your alley.
2: Like Matt doesn't get to shit all over me for playing something older than eight months. Oh no, George! You always play such old games from 2018. It's been years since I said that. (laughs) Yeah, it's been like a a couple months. All right. Few few Yeah, okay. Few Part minutes. of the reason I'm I'm probably got more energy and 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 hype in me than usual is cuz I'm making plans to socialize with more people than usual and go outside more than usual and I actually feel like I'm looking at some sort of of motivation and prize at the end of the tunnel that's going to hit me very very soon. I played a game I also enjoyed and maybe I was able yeah. to enjoy it because of, you know, the change in mood. Um It's a game that's been recommended me to a lot, right up my alley. I played The Forgotten City. (laughs) I wonder how surprised anyone listening would be. A game about Rome, not really. Rome! But I also love, I love, love, love the fact that it began as an Elder Scrolls thing that turned into a Roman thing. The Forgotten City is a game that, like, it tickles a lot of the history that got me into games criticism in the first place. Back when I was playing Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas, way, way back, like 2009, 2010, I was in college, I hadn't gotten my degree yet, but there was this scene on the modding community of people who would make uh, walking simulator interactive stories, and some of my favorites were by this mod author who I think has totally fizzled away and didn't keep his career going all these years. But in case you're still playing Fallout 3 in New Vegas for any listeners out there, look up mods by a guy named Puce Moose, P-U-C-E and then Moose like the animal that lives in Alaska. He would make walking simulator narrative storytellers storytelling games where a, uh, A a disembodied voice would walk you through some very emotional storytelling that would incorporate your actions as a game player in fun, creative, clever ways. They were not primarily driven by combat, and nobody, everyone loved this and was fine with it. And 2014, Gone I think it was 2013 actually, Gone Home came out, and that was really the start of a very, very long downward spiral in games criticism that we may finally be working out of over the past two years but the forgotten city shares dna with that that scene it was a skyrim mod that one that was primarily focused more on the writing and the acting and the world building and interacting with your environment with buttons that aren't kill the enemy like you do in a lot of elder scrolls games uh <clears throat> These, these walking simulator mods would really like leverage the amount of interactivity Bethesda gives you for non-combat activities into some very powerful stories. And this was one of them. This won a Writers Guild Award from the state of Australia. So over the past four years, they have been putting it into their own commercial product. And uh, in order to not in order to not have to, to get a $30 million license or however much it costs to make an Elder Scrolls game with Bethesda and, and do 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 that level of professionalism, they decided to set it in ancient Rome, which I also love as well because that was my own gateway to a fascination in history. When I was a kid and a teenager, I was super duper obsessed with the Elder Scrolls and would like walk my dog while reading through printed out pages because there were no smartphones back then of Elder Scrolls lore, like reading about the, the antics and the stories behind all the different Daedric gods and how the, the stars in the Elder Scrolls lore are holes in the sky where the light of of, uh, of other heavenly realms shine through. And then fast forward like 15 years later and I'm a 30 year old adult uh, learning about ancient Rome and how they believed stars were holes in the sky that the light of the celestial sphere. <laughs> signed through and and that that so much of elder scrolls lore basically was copy pasted from the real life history books of what ancient greeks and romans believed it is so so clever that that's the route they went and i almost get the vibe that it wasn't just okay what's the the best option we could use we could make our own generic fantasy universe ripping on tolkien and whatnot or go with the the thing Tolkien fantasy was inspired by in real life, and they went with that route. It sounds like they didn't, it wasn't a lightweight decision so much as they actually either really researched and consulted the hist- history behind here or already had a good, deep passion for it in the first place. Uh, you play as a modern day time traveler who gets sucked back in time to an ancient Roman city that is uh, 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 cursed with the curse of the golden rule. If one person in this city commits a sin, then the gods are going to come down and kill everyone in the city. Do you get to commit a sin?
0: Now, this is what I wanted to ask. Do you get to commit a sin? Because if you don't get to commit a sin, that's not fair. You don't. That's not fair, I wanna doom an entire city myself. But you
2: are a time traveler who gets to reset a daily time loop in this town. So what you end up doing is a disco Elysium sort of detective work where you walk around, question everyone, uh, uh, throw points around certain conversation trees to figure out everyone's dark secrets, the frustrations that they all have towards each other, uh, if there are any criminals in the city, what sort of criminal plans might might be up to. And, and you use time travel to cleverly solve these people's problems. <laughs> and that sounds so... Uh, 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 creative and innovative, right? But um, some of the the less flattering uh, 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 features of its Skyrim DNA come through with combat that relies on a bow that is not that satisfying to shoot with some zombie-like NPC enemies who don't count. You can kill them and it doesn't count as a sin. Uh, it's y- Even though slowly walking away from a slowly walking zombie, you could just lock in a because room. Are they... Are they sin it. Uh, I guess. I mean, they attack you at first sight. It uses video game rules to mean it's not a sin to shoot the the NPC enemies, but if you shoot any anyone who begins a conversation speaking in English, even if they attack you first, that counts as a sin. So it's a sin to fight back and defend yourself against sentient humans, but not against the the AI zombies that you know, do the video game, I'm gonna run directly towards you with no sense of self-preservation sort of thing. But besides that, like, yeah, you're not allowed to inflict violence, you're not allowed to just steal things willy-nilly, you're not allowed to behave like a normal video game protagonist would until you go down into these Skyrim dungeons that maybe they could have just taken out. I don't know. There there are some interesting combat puzzles they do do with these dungeons that do get your noodle thinking in other um, interesting ways, but the other thing is that you can get the vibe that this did win a writing award. Since you're playing as a modern-day time traveler, your protagonist questions these Romans on everything. As soon as you show up in a, in a the, the town greeter is like, Salve, friend, let me escort you to our, our governor magistrate. Um, you can immediately get in an argument with him about how barbaric ancient Roman law was. Like, the conversation trees are like, wait, don't you guys practice slavery? Wait, don't you guys give women less rights? Wait, don't you guys depend on a war economy of never-ending wars? To which he responds like, of course, we give our prisoners of war life in exchange for their labor. (laughs) Uh, Of course, our women are entitled to a lifetime of protection from their fathers and husbands. Of course, (laughs) we have pacified warring tribes from Gaul to Galilee. The Roman Empire is the most civilizing advanced force in the world. And your character just responds with like, okay, yeah, sure, buddy.
0: (laughs) Isn't it like, what is the explanation for um, the actual time traveling bit?
2: Uh, I don't know yet. I guess I'll have to find out as the story progresses. Um, the central conflict is getting your character back home, and that requires creating a time paradox, which requires solving these people's problems, because in the beginning of the game the, the city is decayed and ruined, and everyone down there apparently died. So you create a time paradox by saving them, and that's supposed to zap you back into the into the year 2020 again. And I think they actually rewrote a lot of these lines of dialogue in the very last minute of development to account for modern day memes. They talk about the pandemic. Yeah, there is actually a hilarious conversation where these Romans are like like comparing quarantine pandemic prevention practices from 2000 years ago with what your character says mm-hmm. they just went through 2000 years later it's it has really really genuinely been a great game so far like like absolutely one of one of the best i've played in a long time i am tickled pink by a lot of the stuff i saw and i am i am really looking forward to to coming back to it again after after the next week Guys, nice. is yeah. it based
0: actually historically on a city around? no no it's just completely
2: made up yeah the city in particular is made up the characters are made up but there is a lot of trivia uh in the beginning of the game you get to pick like a class and a profession and if you pick archaeologist then when you time travel back to this city there's a whole bunch of like trivia fun facts you can click on like when you go to a kitchen, there's just a little interactable in front of the cutting board that explains why the carrots were purple back then. They they really they really did their research on this. They they wrote a lot of really clever, cool stuff around a concept that it itself is just really cool and clever. And I I'm I'm tickled pink. I'm happy. Yay. Look at you. Excited.
0: Well, I mean, it was like a match made in heaven, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. I heard the uh the facial animations. Oh, were...
2: what? It's a three person team. They made a. Mo- yeah, the facial animations are bad, but I, I, they didn't break my immersion. I mean, I, I, you get used to it and learn to excuse it, I guess. But yeah, they're pretty bad facial animations. <laughs> <laughs> it's always
1: funny when the reviewers in just a better mood, they're more willing to accept weird shit
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like oh yeah. just ignore that it's, it doesn't matter it doesn't change the
1: yeah so when everyone in in kutaku or whatever fucking place or in cubicles you know getting slaved to uh, play these games over and over and over and over again to write reviews it's not the best like
2: one of the the things that kind of sort you of You still do cubicles no, yeah. Every, everyone either works at home in a fucking gig economy or they rent out a warehouse like Mega64. <laughs> um, uh, the, the thing that tips the balance of the scales in the other favor is that the environmental art is great. The environmental art is beautiful. There, are, it's a real time machine. It, it, it looks like you're walking around the sets of the HBO Rome show. Incredibly detailed interiors, beautiful columns of of ebony. Uh, the the <laughs> interiors, <laughs> it's like romanticizing. Oh it. it's like oh, beautiful. just wait until you look oh. up the etymology of that word and where it comes from, and some really, I'm sure there's dark, violent history behind it. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a gorgeous looking game until the camera. Skyrim zooms on someone's face, and they start talking. Up until then, though, you're looking at like like g- gorgeous gardens, a, a gilded uh, white temple town with with lines of gold and bronze all over the building. Uh, they have like dirty graffiti. Placed every, every, everywhere. Um, One of the characters is, is gay and there's a whole bunch of like graffiti in, in front of their blacksmith shop and he's blaming it on the degenerate blasphemous Christian cultists. It's... Yeah. It's a good time.
0: Are you going to go back and play the Skyrim mod and see how no, it No, but I
2: am curious to watch some videos on it and see how it compares. Because one thing they really would have had to do is a lot of rewriting uh-huh. to account for the the different universe. So I'm wondering how much of a direct translation they made. Yeah, I, I don't need to play it to find that out, but I am awfully curious to see how much of a direct translation of the original mod script they did to convert the lore from Elder Scrolls lore to Roman Empire lore.
0: <laughs> Just word for word, changed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. Dagoth Ur turns into removed. to Mars. Uh
0: yeah. Dragon changes to Caesar. Uh, <laughs> oh
2: God. I, I we
0: must slay Caesar.
2: I'm I am less 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 on top of my Elder Scrolls lore as I used to be, but who's the like sexy hot the, the god of sexy hot chicks, the the Aphrodite version? I'm sure like, even as a kid, I noticed that that god in Elder Scrolls was copy-pasted over from, you know, every horny teenage boy's favorite Greek god, S, goddess, that is. Was it Azura? No. Azura is more, more of a, like, Athena. Eternal mafala Hercene? Buthaya? <laughs> well. But yeah, Elder Scrolls lore and real life Roman Empire lore, it it feels like like graduating I I have forgotten one as I've steadily learned the other.
1: Well, boys, I have... Yeah, what have you been... I've watched a ton of movies. Ooh. A ton of movies. Uh, and I've played a game.
2: Um, DiBella! DiBella was who I was thinking. Anyway, sorry, continue. DiBella. She's, she's the Elder Scrolls version of Aphrodite, <laughs> the goddess of, of sexy hot chicks. I've watched The Shape of Water in the Heights... Boss level
1: mm. chef. Uh, once upon a time in in Hollywood. Mm. Back to the future. You've never seen Back to the Future? I have, but that's when I was like young man. That's when I was like in elementary school. I think that's when I saw it. I,
2: I, I saw them for the first time that's when it came in, out in college, and I thought it was like oh, the perfect summer adventure fun comedy it's, it's adventure like, movie does it hold
1: up a guy i work with uh loves this movie so i was like oh let me let me watch it again and it's so strange watching an older movie and how things were done back in the 80s how do you mean you know like there's still kind of like that racial weirdness there it's just like it like it's like one of those things where it's just like I don't care about things being woke and shit. Like I don't I don't care, but it's like it still kind of weirds you out just just a little bit. You know, you have the black character just coming in and saying stupid shit. Like it's just like,
2: ugh. I, you know, everything else was Yeah. I, I, was I might quite need fun. a refresher on that because you know, as like a the white guy watching it in, in college that costs thousands of dollars. Yeah, you the don't, one thing I remember in that movie is the black guy who no one thinks is going to become mayor 30 years later but then becomes mayor 30 and becomes i wonder mayor. like is that is yeah. that really what what's offensive nowadays no it's not it's no it's there, not there offensive must have been another of this stuff part. is offensive
1: no it's not offensive it's just like it's it's just that you a lot of things that was done back oh. in the days can't be done now. like
2: oh it, I just thought but of. It,
1: it's not in good taste and yeah how though, does he treat his as well it hasn't aged well in terms of the racial stuff like it just seems what? weird for that what? to happen now it's not like you know how you watch a a Quentin turn Tarant- Tar- like time movie? in Hollywood like he has a lot of racial stuff in it but it kind of like yeah like a lot of any any of his movies oh yeah. there's
2: a movie where he says oh and Andy he would. seems like, he looks like he's having like, fun doing it too yeah yeah. It's Samuel (laughs) Jackson and all those people.
1: Yeah. Weird. You know, and it works because of the way he does it. But like back in the days, this is just like what it was, you know, in the 80s. So it was just so strange to be transported back and seeing how things were like done in movies
2: back then. I've watched a lot of older movies, but it's like it's always a shock. How oh, how does Michael J. Fox's character treat his girlfriend? Because I do think I remember a lot of weirdness there. That he's a bit might of a ladies' man, aged well, especially
0: to his own grandmother.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's a bit of a ladies' how, man. And then he he gets a little
1: fresh with his uh, his mom.
0: Like like a lot a lot of
1: old movies.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, his mom, not his grandmother. Grandmother is Fry, right? It's the future armor episode where Fry goes back. It's his grandmother. like,
2: like even if you go <laughs> back and watch Empire Strikes Back. You're like, right. as wholesome and family-friendly as a good Star Wars movie is, there's scenes where, like, like, like Han Solo will have a fierce, bitter argument with Princess Leia, and they look like they hate each other so much. And then all of a sudden, he'll throw himself on top of her and force-kiss her. And I'm sure in the 80s... Yeah, and, like, romantic music will play yeah. in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow in the 80s, yeah, that was exactly. romantic. But a mo- yeah. as watching it in modern day, like, how would that... Have ever worked in? That's re- also yeah. weird.
1: Yeah, you, you hit it like the nail on the head. That's also weird. Every time I go back and watch it, it's oh, it's race and how they treat women. It's just like so, so weird how we have like all changed in a society. Not to say what's right and wrong or anything like that. It's just like it's it's so interesting.
2: Of course, like, <laughs> the Roman wow. Empire is the most advanced civilizing force in the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I also watch a Quiet Place too, which was um the first you know, or
0: the second one.
1: I well, I've watched the first one, of course, but I I watched the second one recently. Oh, that it's pretty good. It's pretty, it's pretty good. I, you know, you, you gotta love Jim, but you know, he, he knows how to make movies. Pretty dope, but uh, yeah, he's
0: turning out to be yeah pretty decent at that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's pretty pretty good. I mean, the first one was good. First one was good. It you know I I anything I say about. Jim and this one would be spoilers but uh yeah the first the first scene which is pretty much free I on wonder YouTube what to they watch, could be is probably yeah it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty good but um yeah uh netflix no chill you know if you like if you like musicals in the heights if you have a monster fetish oh no and you want to see sexy time with monsters um but not not in your little cartoons the shape of water
2: so so it's that's really <laughs> it's what it's actually about I mean, I, I thought monster that was a porn. meme. I never saw it because <laughs> oh, I'm a it's, piece it's of shit. It's monster
1: porn, for sure.
2: <laughs> uh, do you like monster get to see the monster's finest. dick?
1: Um, um No. Well,
0: it took you a while though. They do though. talk
1: about it. They do talk about it. <laughs> they talk they about the monster's the dick? They talk about it.
2: Yeah. So it really is about fucking the, 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 um, the lake monster, huh? well yeah, it's more oh it's, it's more, more romantic than that. It, Is it about having well. a, a long term relationship with the oh, Blake it's, monster. it's it's actually pretty it actually gets
1: pretty emotional like it's it's actually not bad it's not just monster porn like it's it's actually it's monster romance like just 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 the way because she's she's um, deaf oh uh, the emotion that she brings when she's like doing sign language and people are understanding her and repeating like it's it's, it was it was done really well, really well. But it's so interesting that it's literally a story about her and a monster. So, so why yeah.
0: why did you watch so many movies? Just, just a, um, a movie I thing.
1: Just, yeah, just I've I haven't watched movies in a long time, and I decided to download a bunch that I wanted to watch. Okay, and then every night roll up. A big fat, <laughs> my big no, fat. I have, I have a vape milkshake. Um, and, right, right. Yeah, big fat milkshake, and then um, and then enjoy a movie, and it's been good. It's like what I used to do when um when I was working a lot.
2: Oh, that's why there's so many of. <laughs> it's just like a straight up back to back marathon at that point. Yeah, yeah, so many. Yeah,
1: I've I've, I've so many, um, but yeah. Yeah, it's been good. Oh, I uh, the game I've been playing. Oh, maybe Liam should go first. Oh, geez, um, I didn't know we were no. Did. Totally go ahead.
0: I I I uh, mean I three houses. I've tried three house three as in fi- Fire Emblem three houses.
1: So I was looking for a Persona fix, mm-hmm. you know, because uh,
2: yeah, you you, you know, mentioned my, that I was itching yeah. a
1: little bit. You know, I was just like, oh god, I need I need I need <laughs> to play Persona, and I didn't want to get Royal because. I don't wanna fucking play on my PS5. I mean PS4. I wish I had a PS5. And I wanted to play on PC. I just I just wanna play on the fucking PC. So I'm waiting to see if if P5 Royal comes out uh September when they have that like anniversary shit. Oh yeah Well, the, or uh, they start to have the their persona. anniversary shit.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um cause it's like a year long or something like that. So um I heard that 3 Houses is like Persona. You know, just different setting. Tried it out. I, I, went to the takes store. Place in,
2: a, in a school. Takes place yeah, in a yeah. school.
1: Or went, went to went to the GameStop. Oh, no. Use some leftover credit I had you from went, like a year you went ago. To
2: GameStop. Damn. You're increasing the yeah. stock price, aren't you? It's all yeah, you, yeah. you're a market <laughs> manipulator.
0: Sold some NFTs to buy his uh, GameStop stocks. I mean, 500 500. stocks.
1: I will never sell my NFTs for fucking GameStop stocks. <laughs> I don't do meme
2: stocks. Um, I love like, us no, like, like, like quickly and seriously. You said that. No, babe. I don't do memes. meme stocks. I do I'm not I'm into stocks. that serious business. I <laughs> do JPEGs. <laughs> no, I don't do meme stocks. Just regular memes.
0: Yeah, just regular
2: memes. I don't yeah. do JPEGs. I do monkeys. <laughs> All right.
0: sorry fire um.
1: emblem yeah no no oh yeah <laughs> okay. reservations and do i want to sign up for a, a membership at gamestop oh they, oh, they like, still do that oh dude they hound you like and protection to on to it money. i was just like why do i need a protection on the fucking <laughs> fucking cartridge
2: in case you lick it too much
1: yeah like this shit goes into my game and and it goes right into the case if I'm not using and it. And
2: then into your mouth yeah.
1: <laughs> for storage. <laughs> I'm going to fumble with it. And it's going to drop into my Mountain Dew or some shit like that. Like, like no, dude. But yeah, it's, it's it has voice acting everywhere. It does. Which is a plus. Like, everything has voice acting. Which I did not expect for a Nintendo game. It does a lot of things well. It is basically school persona- Odin day school persona kind of it doesn't have the same emotional pull as persona though it's not the same it's 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 the same formula and it has its own twist and its own like you know interesting characters but it's hard to, you shouldn't i shouldn't compare anything to persona at least the new games those games are uh those games start go a little hardcore with their, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: their stories, and I think mostly because it's also a little bit more modern than you know, olden days and magic and horses and shit like that. Shooting but...
2: yourself in the face to summon demons. <laughs> oh, in part three, yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah. invoker. But, yeah.
1: but um, I I enjoy the combat. I enjoy like a lot of things are done well. There's not much to say about it. Like to be honest, it's Fire Emblem, but with you can talk to everybody, you and can. what house did you it, choose? I come on, you know what house I chose. The come bad on. one, did you
0: choose the Nazi lady?
1: Yeah, of course, the Black I'm Eagles. Co- yeah, of course, you did. I wouldn't choose
2: Wait, are they like, oh, yeah, because they're they, they <laughs> evil or something?
1: <laughs> to be honest, all of them sounded so generic that I just went with. Black Eagles. She sounds like the most arrogant and stuff, and, and seems to have like a better storyline. the most
0: line. interesting story oh. out of the yeah. three. I think between like her and Dimitri and all them. Sorry? yeah, I chose Dimitri.
1: He seems so plain to me, but I'm pretty he sure it changes gets later.
0: Pretty dark.
1: That's interesting.
0: It does get. I can't wait dark.
1: to. It, it, it's it gets like really intense a little later on.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does
1: yeah it gets really intense um i think what i like the most about this is that it all works together like you spending hours getting all these lost items to give it back to them to raise their you know their heart level with you their support level with you and shit like that all that like helps in battle and you're not just playing with like random people you have like these people that you talk to back at and everything like that and it it adds like this layer of like oh this guy who has this storyline i don't want this guy to die or this guy has like a lot of support they had some good conversations together i have like this own storyline in my mind for this yeah. couple i'm gonna push them this way they worked good together yeah uh, you know like it's just like it, it adds this layer and 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 the way they do like You can add armies to those units so they can um, have like backup, and you can, like, some of them are healers. Like, there's so many combinations. And then you can add like another character under that character (laughs) that will also give them a buff. Like, it's just, it just keeps, they keep adding different ways to kind of have the combat be satisfying other than it just being a strategy game. You know, it, it's yeah. it's it's you know, like it's it's um, it makes you want to do the battles and level up all of them, and you know, and have all the supports up and stuff like that. How do you satisfying feel about- Just steamrolling people?
0: Yeah, that's what I like about fire mode. When you just one hit people, when it goes oh, into yeah. the battle, like, that's the one- best. Yeah. I think the battle system is pretty slick. how How do you feel about the battles and stuff?
1: I, I definitely like. Being able to see them attack each other, yeah, and all the characters being real characters, because I at the last Fire Emblem I played, everybody wasn't you know real like like an actual character. Some of them were um, just like units that had hmm. no name, you know, thief and blah blah blah. That's the last one. Which one, one I was Fire it? I think it was Awakening? Awakening. I think it was Awakening. I can't remember.
2: I A know your the,
1: main the... character had the cutscene, but I don't know if the rest of them did.
0: Uh, No, Awakening was like
2: the start of this Persona-style trend. Uh,
1: Yeah. uh, And this one's like a full I I played one a little
2: after Awakening, and they did the thing where you saw the characters slap each other on the battlefield. Yeah, It sounds like what you're describing with this one. And I've wanted to play this one because I love Fire Emblem combat. But yeah, like the tropiness of of Japanese... Teenagers in a Japanese school is is generally my lesser favorite part, but I still really enjoyed the one I did play a couple years ago, Shadows of Valencia.
1: Some things are tropey, so like some characters are tropey, but not actually not all of them. Surprisingly, I would say it's not really relatable. A lot of the stuff that they talk about, yeah, you know, there's like there's like this, uh, Dorothea. um, She seems pretty cool and well put together, but she's like trying to marry you know, into money. Like, it's just like, it's not relatable to, to most people who are going to be playing this game. Like, a lot of their problems, it's like olden problems, but it is interesting. Ye problem
2: problemies. Her,
1: you know? Yeah. You know, because she's not, she's oh, not no, a noble. She's not noble. She's, she wants to become a noble. And then that whole storyline of, you know, who's a noble and what their responsibilities are oh, and yeah. all this type of stuff. And it's just like, some of it is kind of just like, eh, they're not. It's not all great. Like in Persona, everything has like, it's a story with that character. Like, and you are the one doing it. And there's no, but, you know, there there isn't a story between each character like in Fire Emblem, which is actually pretty pretty kind of dope too. Who are you? They all talk to each other. They all like, it's it's nuts.
2: Who are you spending all a lot of time of with? Who, who oh, yeah, are you who's your, to... your Petra's Petra's uh, your waifu? Petra
1: Petra. I like Petra.
0: Uh, there you go. Man's got taste. Man's oh, yeah, got yeah, dude. taste. Mm-hmm. Fucking
1: Petra, Petra. and she's fucking strong in Petra, fucking battle. Dude.
0: Petra
2: is the best girl. So, so Pe- is the best girl. What drew you to her? What what a uh, 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 quirk or feature? What aspect of her? She's more normal than everybody else. She's kind know? of funny
0: as well. She's meant
2: to be yeah. like the foreigner
0: oh. who doesn't yeah, understand. So maybe yeah. the uh, ways of maybe. your. So,
2: so, so you people. and her have a little bit in common, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm kind of like a foreigner here, so, dude. East Coast people going to the West Coast, you might as well be a foreigner, dude. Like <laughs> you think completely different from these Californians.
2: Right? I don't know, man. You've <laughs> been to Japan and back, though. That's <laughs> oh, I. Need, are we going back? We should we be. I mean, soon, the right? fucking hope. Hope. I they were supposed to open, and Austin didn't get to go back. Yeah, it's a. It's a fee fee fucking asshole. I wanted to ask. I I, I wanted to ask about the most critical, important, vital feature of this game and all games in general, of course. Let's all be honest here. Um, How much did it detract from your experience and make you absolutely positively break your immersion and dock points on your review score when you saw the. L- lazy fucking d- developer quality of the fruit <laughs> and Fire Emblem three houses. I just want to point out oh, what a travesty against gamers and <laughs> it is to, to not have better quality is, fruit in 2000. What was it, 19 or 20?
1: When Refund you're playing in that tiny ass little scream of the Switch. Oh, There's no dang. way you notice any oh, of that. Fu-
2: Opinion like invalidated.
1: tiny <laughs> Yeah, like if if you now nah, if you're blowing up that image on the TV, oh, oh, oh god, get rid of the vomit. Get rid of the as, the as soon as you see the fruit, the your fucking, dinner
2: just comes straight out, doesn't it? <laughs>
1: All, all of a sudden it's looking like uh, uh, some of the empty spaces when the characters are not there look like a fucking VR old school VR game with big <laughs> empty halls and shit
0: big fucking
1: squares you see-
0: shit,
1: textures looking flat as a motherfucker
0: uh, like, and, and, it's, it's yeah. not it's not and, wrong and we, we just want to yeah. be <laughs>
2: advocates here for for the fruit I mean really the fruit is the victim of of all the abuses in the video game Dude, dude, like, listen,
1: it has a hard enough time loading in people. Alright, you know, what I'm saying, like, it shit stutters when it's trying to load up people because you could like fast travel everywhere, which is great. Well, the
2: obviously, they
1: streamline a lot of these all,
2: things. all the all the polygons the fruit is taking up or uh, slowing things down because they didn't optimize their fruit. Game developers, come on, what yeah, are they, they thinking? They
1: did. They made it two pixels. Yeah, that's they why all, it looks like they that.
0: optimized it. Optimized <laughs> it into the ground. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Dude, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, it's 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 not Mario. So how many
0: hours in? Do you think you're gonna finish not it, Mario?
1: Dude, I I'm not gonna lie. I did pause for the last day. I didn't play it yesterday, but I'm like 30 hours in. Damn. Like, it, the but thing you, is, you passed but,
0: the time skip then.
1: I don't think. So. No, I don't think so. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I heard that was a thing. So it's not too much of a spoiler. Yeah, like, no, yeah.
0: it's not. It's. Uh, I think it was in the trailers. You know, they, yeah. there's a point where they grow up a bit.
1: Yeah. Which is actually pretty interesting. Um, So yeah, I'm not, I think I'm close though to that. Mm. So the thing is I've done every quest, every side quest. I've done all the lost items and shit like that. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why I'm doing this, (laughs) Liam. I I should just, because I'm, I want that persona feeling and that's what I do in persona. I get everything. I get all the soul links, dude, in Persona. Like, I can't.
0: Persona is its own special little thing, you know? It's got know, that reputation. I, you can't.
1: I'm going to have to just drop it and just finish the game um, because it's not going to be as rewarding. Um,
0: uh, this I, sto- I think re- the story of Fire of Three Houses as a total is pretty intriguing.
1: I think no, it's good. To- no, no, it's good. Yeah. I'm not- you know, I I'm, I'm being I'm doing a disservice for by constantly comparing it, but I'm literally playing it just because I can't play Royal right now. I mean, but that's like, the thing.
0: No, I think a lot of people, you know, do compare it to Persona because that's exactly what they've gone that's exactly for, what it is. Right. Yeah. So I think it's fair to be able to compare it to Persona.
1: But it is what what I'll say is, it's a good game if you like Fire Emblem. You should probably play this. Um, this is probably the best it's been. You think so? Uh, and I used to play Fire Emblem back in the game, Game Boy Advance games, Game Boy Advance days. Damn. Yeah, this is probably the best it's been. Like, it's there's so much to do. And if you want to get sucked into, like, like people's lives. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah, those review scores are very, very you high. You can fish.
1: You can do the choir. You can eat meals with your people. Like the fruit. <laughs> like the fruit. Like the fruit. <laughs> um yeah so there's there's like its own thing and you can always walk around and see what they have to say about what's going on in the world like it's it's a whole it's a whole thing they they did a lot of work they did a lot of work on this game holy shit like it's it's pretty fucking nuts um i would say definitely definitely give that a shot i i got to feed it i got to beat it man i have to I have to nice. see what happens good stuff but
0: yeah. Oh, I mean, I've been trying to carry on playing Skyward Sword, and I like I start enjoying it because it's in sixty frames Zelda, and then there's a moment just where I have to throw a bomb or I have to do something that requires precise input, and the button controls just
1: shit the bed. Are
0: garbage. They're just garbage. So I'm kind of like wrestling with that because I actually do. Kind of enjoy the game when I'm when I'm getting into it. It's kind of nice to be playing Linea Zelda again and in sixty frames, and it's nice to play handheld. But they 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 fucked it. But you know that's fine. But I did pick up a new game George, that surprised me and came out of nowhere.
1: He's playing a furry game. Oh no, I, oh no, no, you
2: know, the artwork is so beautiful that it took me a while to notice they were fucking furries. They, oh
0: they no, don't, furries. don't out me. We already had my bowels in this one. Don't, <laughs>
2: don't, don't out me. We don't need um, more, no, more coming out I'm of the furry. Um, but I was surprised, not that it would be a bad thing, of course, not of course, right? Right, yeah, yeah no.
0: I just happen to not be. One. <laughs> Or oh, interested uh, that that was the reason I picked up this. One. I
2: I have some, some likes very hair, huh? good furry friends who I uh, you know don't just want, don't to. don't want to uh, <laughs> offend here.
0: <laughs> no offense taken to uh, the you know. That to Liam, but but
2: with all due respect, (laughs) before I noticed the fur, good lord, look at the shading, look at the lighting, look at the detail. Yeah, so and the the composition. So, this
0: game's super interesting because it's like come out of nowhere. Yeah, this looks like Like it has too high production
2: values for us not to hear about it more.
0: Well, it's because it's not an indie game or made by anybody in the west it's by cyberconnect 2 which is a huge japanese developer right but it's not
2: cyberconnect 1
0: no cyberconnect 2 <laughs> you know you probably know them for making stuff like all of the naruto ultimate ninja games you know they oh, made Oh really?
2: Yeah they am looking were, at the list
0: they were all the games i don't play <laughs> they were originally making final fantasy 7 uh, remake before you know,
2: uh, really? Square took it
0: back. Yeah, they were originally oh. ones making. it. They're making the new Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba game. You know, but they they've been they've been essentially famous for making anime 3D action games for a long time. Not specifically fighters, but that kind of weird battle arena style ones that you get, like the the Naruto games. They also did the JoJo games and stuff like that. Anyway, famous for doing anime stuff. the The, the office is also famous for having like a giant. Anime collection, one of the biggest in Japan. Really, um, <laughs> that's anyway. A fun so, quirk. But what is interesting <laughs> is this is, it's a game called Fuga, Melodies of Steel, and it's their first self-published title.
2: So, so wow.
0: they developed it and they. So published everything it.
2: they've made before was like a license of someone else's IP.
0: Yes, or was you know funded by another company, or was in you know cahoots with
2: somebody else, blah blah blah. And they've been around since like nineteen ninety six. I'm seeing they changed their name from CyberConnect to CyberConnect Two in uh, September of two thousand one.
0: Yeah, so I believe like I'm not a hundred percent sure on what the background was, but there was like a design competition in house. Like in the studio, so they had essentially a glorified game jam. Um,
2: oh, they made Azura's Wrath.
0: Yes, they did. Yes, Azura's Wrath, one yeah. of the best games they made for Capcom. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know they've helped Capcom on a load of things.
2: Um, so but, it's, it's not all, not all. Uh, so like it license. Not,
0: not really, but yeah. mostly. Um, but anyway, this one is like their first self-published title, right? So they've obviously funded this in-house, developed it entirely, not working with a publisher, not working with a PR company. It's had a worldwide release, you know, considering it's a Japanese game. They've, they've localized it and they've released it worldwide uh, at the same time. Uh started out as an in-house game, uh, some, you know... People, I guess, banding together to make something happens quite frequently, but not very often at Japanese developers, surprisingly. Um, Anyway, come out of nowhere, took a look at it, and whoa, as George has mentioned, looking really good, right? Minus some aspects that some people might be more fond of than others. And all of these characters, which I will say they are children. And I don't mean that derogatory, the characters in this game are supposed to be children. That is a That's main what
2: the, part. the description says. Yes,
0: they are anthropomorphic dogs and cats who are children. right? And it, the game takes place in basically World War II. If you've ever played Valkyria Chronicles in that alternative World War era, this is the same.
2: So it's essentially... I just saw their version of Hitler. Y-
0: yes, now. <laughs> Whoa, hang on a second. Let me get on to the fun stuff. Oh, okay, um, okay. So essentially... They uh so Fugger is basically sat in this like village, and then it's destroyed by these fascists called, I kid you not, the Burman Empire. Sh-
2: sh- Nazi schmatsy.
0: The B- they are Nazi dogs. It's amazing. They are like but oh, because Doberman, think, ah, Burman, no Burman, German, <laughs> but Burman Doberman.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. the dogs
0: are Doberman dogs.
2: So he's not oh. a Rottweiler.
0: It's yeah. Um, and, and the big chief is called Pretzel. That's pretty funny. But essentially, the village gets tanked, these kids, children, run away from the village, end up in this secret forbidden cave they're not supposed to go in, and they find a giant mecha tank called the Tarnis. I wonder where they got that in, you know kind of name from. So the tarnus is this huge, giant, like old tank that can destroy anything. And so what happens is, and this is where the game gets really interesting because it's not really a JRPG, like you're probably thinking. It is almost like a roguelike where it, there is a random path on each mission and the tank just moves from left to right, like on an autopilot, between each of these and it is exactly like a roguelike map like battle pick up health choose a path battle get ap and it is exactly like a roguelike if you look at any screenshot you'll see in the top corner like at the top of the screen there is like a ui path like a high res ui path it is all the all the game is is this tank moving from left to right and then you fight in these uh uh, almost like turn-based battles kind of there's a lot of like an, almost advance wars stuff about it in terms of the actual yeah, face-offs, that, like
2: line in the middle of the
0: yeah line in the middle, you know, enemy tanks. You um and but the way it works is that you have you have these gun slots on the tank, like these different gun turrets, and you. Put children on the gun turrets. Yay! (laughs) It gets gets even better. So you put the children on the gun turrets. And Matt, if you like Persona, you have to do some social links between the characters to (laughs)
1: level them up. Classic. So
0: you sit two kids on one gun turret and their skills will affect that gun turret you know, making it a grenade launcher or making it like a piercing rifle a or something. Piercing um, rifle. And then enemies have weaknesses and you try to combine those, you know, d- you the battle system is kind of like an ATB system uh, and you delay enemy attacks by hitting their weak points, yada, yada, yada. It's all very interesting. Now, the Tarnis houses a super weapon called the Soul Cannon. <laughs> so bearing in mind, these are children. Bearing right. in mind, these are children. And in the intermediate you know, intermissions between these roguelike paths that you walk on, you have to go talk to all the other kids. There's, uh, I think there's 12 of them. And, you know, you meet them and you do the social links and you gain these skills and you, you, you know, become friends with them. You grow your bonds and whatever. Now, the soul canon. So, in some instances, I haven't had... Uh, I've only had one of these instances, I think. So in some instances, basically, it's like an unwinnable battle, and you must use the soul cannon to survive survive the battle and move forward, right? So the soul cannon is basically capable of immense destruction. It's a nuclear bomb.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. Now,
0: guys, now, 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 let me tell you how you use it. You must choose to sacrifice one of the children's lives to feed them to the soul cannon so you can fire the soul cannon.
2: (laughs) So you just, like, stick the kid in the tube. You must
0: actually sacrifice the child. And the child's gone, dead, like, for the rest of the game. You must sacrifice the child. (laughs) One of the 12. Oh, my God. And bearing in mind, you use this cannon more than once. (laughs) You sacrifice... um, and depending on the order, I, I think depending on the order of, of who you sacrifice and who's left, like changes the outcome of the game and the different endings and stuff like that. I think there's like twelve chapters. Um, so you feed, you feed one of these furry children to the the soul cannon, and it's like have you ever watched Home mm-hmm. Alone? You know, like the incinerator mm-hmm. in the basement. You know how he's scared mm-hmm. of it. It it kind of looks like that. It kind of looks like the incinerator from Home Alone. And you you feed the child in, and then you get this most amazing cinematic of this giant cannon. And I mean, like, overboard giant cannon firing this huge purple blast, annihilating everything in its path like a giant nuclear bomb. It is pretty amazing. And the game goes out of its way to make sure you know that they are children and you are sacrificing children if you watch the trailer it's amazing because there's a moment where you, you know it's all good blah 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 and then towards the end of the trailer they're like they will sacrifice a child for the planet, and then this picture that has all of them starts to like fade the characters out depending on the order you've used them
2: i feel like there there's a <laughs> lot to unpack here this yeah, is very man. freudian
0: Vuger. it's okay it's, it's okay I haven't really got too in deep on it yet and the it is stunted it's interesting to see like a Japanese developer doing a self-published game to a scope it definitely is like not a JRPG don't expect this huge game you know you are literally just in a tank going through all uh, through auto stages and you know then doing turn-based battles it's very polished as George said but and it's kind of funny, I could already tell. On the Switch, it doesn't run very well because it's Unreal Engine and they have not optimized it very well. It, when the rain and the effects are happening and stuff like that, it is pretty rough. But it's on, I think it's on everything. It's on Steam, it's on PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, all those things. Uh, so it might run better on those. It's interesting to see them dipping their toes into Unreal Engine. Supposedly, it's gonna be the first game in a trilogy called the Trilogy of Vengeance.
2: So there's supposed to be two more games <laughs> where you absolutely positively put these children through hell and sacrifice a few of them along the way to, to stop So cool, doggy Hitler. Wow.
0: And it's just kind of come out of nowhere. And, you know, fair play. Fair play is from CyberConnect2. Good to see them doing, you know. They're always happy to see Japanese developers spreading their wings and trying new stuff. Um, and also, the Metacritic for it is like 89. So it's reviewing pretty well. So who knows? Maybe maybe that, maybe that, killing children is the way to go to get a good uh, good Metacritic store.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: It is, it is pretty good so far. And the writing is okay. It's as you'd expect. There is one... The, all of the characters... Some of the characters have voices... Out of the 12, but it's more like, you know, reaction stuff to text boxes. But there's one tiny, you know, like atypical Japanese little girl character who is meant to be like your, you know, your little, you know, your little sister kind of thing, <sighs> kind of thing. And she's like, yeah. and like oh really high pitched, horrible, horrible oh voice. Boy. Like that, a very atypical. Um, tropey Japanese little sister type character that gets really annoying. There's no English voices though but happily surprised by it came out of nowhere not a furry <laughs> but I do like mm. sacrificing mm. furries to my giant cannon to my giant cannon to my
1: wow. giant and here cannon. here we are sacrifice the furries to my in two thousand
2: twenty-one, 21 where the, where the furries are being redeemed. With, I like uh, that
1: we
0: live in a world where I can openly say, without fear of hatred, that I am
1: Enjoying happy. these furries.
0: I can oh, okay. I can sacrifice my furry characters to my giant soul cannon.
2: E- e- even, even though furries are being redeemed with stories of companionship and active. George that, activism, better be, act- activiz- that better be activism. the activism activism not activision activism not activision activism not activision okay sorry my vocabulary got a little scrambled there because of uh, recent events that better
0: this better be the title of the uh, the episode george you got it chief sacrificing fairy children to soul cannons we'll see what kind of soul seo work that cannons. will. cannons
2: there we go plugged <laughs> in it's going to happen
0: it's ready to go Hot up so, the presses <laughs> yeah my
2: my brain was was scrambled just now because I, I'm. I'm sorry. I, are, are we Are we okay to go to news? Let's go to Let's go to the news. I I I have had the word Activision floating in and out of my brain holes way too much. I
0: wonder why. Um, but
2: also to a, uh, a strangely satisfying, gratifying degree. Over the week since we recorded last episode, a shitload of updates have happened on the Activision. Blizzard lawsuit scandal from the state of California. I, I, Kotaku is doing like actual investigative reporting, tracking down the people named in the lawsuit, putting out cold calls for stories from people of Activision, following them up. They got to find out what the deal is with the Cosby suite in one of their BlizzCon hotel rooms and got a hold of some conversations that they these developers apparently posted publicly on Facebook where they were saying things like, ho, oh, 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 we're bringing over the hot chicks for the Cosby suite. You can't marry them all. Oh, I'm sorry, you misspelled fuck. Um, there's, there's some quotes in these uh, stories about whether or not the joke behind calling this meeting room full of booze the Cosby suite was based on Cosby's history of sexual assault or not, because this was happening in 2013 before he was officially charged and convicted. At that time, it was more of an open secret than it was like accepted fact everyone knew. So some of the staffers apparently thought that the joke about the Cosby suite was about how it kind of looked like one of his ugly sweaters but at the same time it sounds like it primarily was not exactly used for anyone to be sleeping in even though they were making those kinds of jokes about it so that's like probably the least alarming thing on this really long list they dug up a story where in 2015 some blizzard recruiters were telling an interested applicant some some very bad sex jokes This was at a Black Hat hacker conference in 2015, and a woman named Emily Mitchell, who is an IT security researcher, had a t-shirt with a joke printed on it called Penetration Expert, in reference to some sort of computer internet security term called pen testing, in which you are, are, I suppose you know, not an expert myself, but testing how well your client's network can be penetrated by outsiders. And... In the first part of the conversation in which she was genuinely interested in maybe working for Blizzard, apparently they replied by first asking if she was lost. Another one said if she was at the conference with her boyfriend. And then they started asking her a whole bunch of jokes about whether or not she likes being penetrated. And how often she gets penetrated. And when was the last time she got penetrated? And then Michelle told Vice Waypoint I was furious and felt humiliated, so I took their free swag and left. Next up, they dug up a story from 2018 where a QA manager got arrested, convicted, pled guilty and served a sentence because he set up spy cameras in the bathrooms of one of their QA facilities. Oh, boy.
0: I mean that that is just
2: on the other flip of the coin, there is some like really surprisingly Yo. good video game journalism going on the past few weeks. This is uncharacteristic of what I think people were expecting from a post-Shrier Kotaku board. They shuffled around their their board of editors, maybe released some stuff that was more controversial last week than it was this week, but I'm really impressed and a little bit proud of what I've seen the game journalism world do with fallout from this lawsuit happening the current events going on right now this is something that's going to be changing every single day so whatever we're saying and reporting on and comment <laughs> reporting commentating on uh right now for mm-hmm. purposes of prosperity is happening on wednesday august 4th because by the day something new is going to go on within like hours after recording last week's episode Bobby Kotick issued a statement. The employees planned a walkout. A few days later after that, they started organizing into what they are calling a coalition. Point of clarification, a coalition is not necessarily a union. The reason why these journalists are not using the word union is because by the definition of the word, a coalition is something that is supposed to... Tackle more temporary short-term issues at one company in particular, instead of more permanent issues from an entire industry of multiple companies. They organized a walkout. Um, The company was able to get convinced to pay them for paid time off to spend the day walking around the campus holding picket signs. They're doing this in protest to the sexual harassment and assault and the HR frat boy culture that let it perpetuate for so long, but also because of some of the choices being made with the law firm Activision Blizzard is hiring to tackle this problem. They are using a firm called Wilmer Hale to investigate and address the allegations of, uh, as brought forward in the state lawsuit. Uh, Wilmer Hale is a law firm that has a history of busting up unions. They were heavily involved in a lot of actions that Amazon employees were trying to organize with over the past year of 2020. If you heard stories like a, a, a Prime Day walkout or, or a strike and how you weren't supposed to order things from Amazon on Prime Day, and I cynically wonder how well that turned out. But Wilmer Hale was there to try and make sure the employees keep pissing in their bottles while while putting together packages on the assembly God, line. Damn. It's Wilmer Hill is has has a a lot to do with their lawyer at Activision Blizzard, Francis Townsend, who was previously working for the Bush administration during the Guantanamo Bay prisoner torture scandal. If you guys remember from back in the Iraq war years, the term enhanced interrogation technique, as it turns out, that was her. She evidently played some role in proliferating that term as being the legal defense that these soldiers were using to, like, force their prisoners to strip naked and shock them with car batteries and beat them with canes and take pictures of it. Where does, Bo- where does Bobby Connick find these people?
0: It's like, uh.
2: they're everywhere, man. Sadly.
0: But they're all like, ex- who's the other guy who joined Activision recently? Like Grant
2: that? Dixon, the chief legal officer, is another former Bush associate. He was an advocate for some of the surveillance programs going on that Edward Snowden would reveal later and the Obama administration and then... Basically, be exiled to live the rest of his life in, in Russia. Grant Dixon, one of the people who would like establish the legal defense for the NSA to be able to spy on people's internet history, is now also a lawyer working at Activision. Chief Legal Officer is, is his title. Like it's so incredibly bizarre to, to read the history behind people involved in video games here until maybe you think that the big money maker video game here is Call of Duty and there are some very nasty connections with the military industrial complex and them doing things like hiring Oliver North to promote other games but that's actually a whole different can of worms than than you know having having this company culture where people evidently get so so incredibly fucked up to the point where where there's there's troublemakers around the office installing bathroom spy cameras. There's a lot of requests among the walk, walkouts for these people to resign. What ended up happening instead is that some other bad bosses ended up resigning. One of the bosses, frequently named throughout the lawsuit, was J. Allen Brack. The other one was Alex Forsabi, but he already resigned a couple years ago. But J. Allen Brack resigned between the last two podcast episodes, they're um
0: oh, resigned under pressure, I'm sure, with a big <laughs> like, package
2: of millions of dollars.
0: Somehow conveniently resigned just before the investors call. And
2: I, I I can't believe that like Alex resigned during the investigation too. They all knew it was coming, it feels like at this point. Jay Allen Brack resigned. Uh their one of their heads of, of uh HR, did I even put this down on the outline? Their senior vice president of HR also resigned. They are going to be replaced by, um, oh, hey, yeah, I did. You did a better job. Jesse Meshuk. Uh, yeah, the, the, a guy in charge of the HR department that wasn't solving anyone's problems resigned as well. The two current co-leaders of Blizzard are a 18-year-old company veteran named Jen O'Neill, and a uh, 20-year-old industry veteran who previously worked at Microsoft Xbox named Mikey Barra. Fuck yeah,
0: Jen Jen, Jen O'Neill. And that might she, sound... She knows what the hell... She knows but she but
2: bringing in the, the, the cynicism is uh, a take from Jason Schreier where he believes that this is actually going to be more of a power grab from Bobby Kotick to get more argumentative executives out of his way for whatever direction he wants to take Blizzard in. Well, that could also make sense. I mean, Blizzard seemed to be
0: fairly autonomous, right, from Activision.
2: But, he has well. a timeline about how that independence may have steadily been fizzling away over the past two to four years.
0: Well, it's interesting because Jen O'Neill, she was the head of Vicarious
2: Visions, right? And they were
0: just purchased by Activision. And they're the people who made like the Tony Hawk uh, remake and the Crash Bandicoot one. Um, you know they were on the All up of which recently, so it's amazing and sold to see well. she just. Yeah, you know she her studio was just purchased, and now you know she's the head of Blizzard. I'm not really sure how much of a, Barbie Katik, like underling she would be, but it does seem like you know if he's putting these people in place, then maybe very very. But then again, like the management had to go. They had to go. Look at the failings that have happened under their guidance and their watch as, you know, the management of the company.
2: Absolutely. But ultimately, I mean, it's not a best case scenario, ideal solution to still have a lot of these like Bush administration torture defenders up there still, as well as like Bobby Kotick himself. Like, like this.
0: How do you? Yeah, surrounding yourself with these
2: people—it's just what did you think people's image of you is going to be? How does Bobby Kotick meet them? Like, how does that social connection start? Money. Like he had to look them up from a phone Money. book or something, or do they go to the same parties or something? <laughs> I didn't. He didn't. He donate to the Conservative Party as well. I would it? not uh, be surprised. Yeah, that's that's I think one of the other. Dimensions to the story people have been highlighting about how, like, if you look at the, if you survey the political persuasions of most of Activision's employees, it's something like four out of five on on the, the liberal democratic side of, of the spectrum. And then you have this small, you know, let's say uh, uh, maybe 1% of Activision at the tippy top who have the exact opposite political persuasions because they don't want to pay taxes.
0: But so, fair so, play to the Blizzard uh, staff members who who did the walkout. Oh yeah, it
2: was huge numbers as well, and lots of support
0: across Game Dev Twitter and just Game Dev in general. I, I felt
2: like like a one of the, one of the sickos in the window watching this, just like gritting my teeth and being like, "Yes, yes," because <laughs> uh, they 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 are growing some teeth here with these these walkouts in the coalition, and I am wondering if this might be the final straw. I was a little iffier on it last week, but this week I do feel more optimistic that this might actually be the catalyst that leads to a uh, more vibrant union showing up in the United States. I, I think uh, in the UK they had a, a GMG form a few years ago, and we're we're overdue for that here. <sighs> Unionization. So how's it going to feel playing Activision Blizzard games in the future, guys? Are we are we just gonna be unable to block all these horrible news the, stories out of our brains? When was the last time you played Warzone, George? Uh, I want to say about a year. Like Hunt Showdown, absolutely fizzled it out of my interest, but I still did get into did. it for a good while there, didn't I?
0: Yeah, you played a little bit as well, right?
2: Oh, uh, I've never exactly, I've never exactly been a fan of the Blizzard games, but I have gone on and off of uh, Call of Duties over the years but as i grow older i really just like don't know if i if i if i can look past all the america problems that are becoming more and more visible every single year and how visible they are in call of duty games
0: yeah i have a friend who has been you know he's had a world of warcraft subscription ongoing since
2: Oh, shit. Did he change? So,
0: he's had it for a while, you know, years and years and years, and he's a huge fan of Blizzard. Is, you know, Blizzard's games are what got him into the industry. Um, and he's, I think he's canceled his subscription, but he was talking about, it's you know, it was a really serious moral moral dilemma for him to keep it going and giving them money. But the worst part was that, you know, he got into the games industry because he was so inspired by Blizzard games. And, you know, he feels incredibly horrified by yeah. what's happened but also let down that people who create such wonderful games can be such horrible people and, and
2: see that is one aspect of of be, of the, of being a tortured soul in AAA I can painfully relate to it's like like that feeling of reading stories like, oh, game developer photographs a corpse in the woods and laughs about it. Oh, AAA game – yeah, let me re- rephrase that. AAA game executive goes on a racist tirade about FBI crime statistics. I I feel – I feel – I feel that. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah.
0: Yeah. Maybe another <laughs> example of like, can you separate the art from the
2: artist? Matt, you've been a little quiet. What – What's going to be going through your mind next time you go go through a, a good old sitting-of-war zone? No, no, I don't play that shitty-ass game. Uh, no. So that's where we're <laughs> fucking <laughs> hackers.
1: Dude, like, every like, it's just like I can't even play an online game anymore without hacking everywhere. At least in Hunt, you could kind of beat the hackers, you know, if you got your shots lined up. But Jesus, man, most of these online games are just fucking riddled with it. and it's And... And Warzone is one of the and now wars, it's bleeding and, over into constant And I hate their practices. If any, like I used to like try to get the free, but like ever since the free bundle shit, where you go to their store and you get like free skins every once in a while, you click free bundle, and it takes you to another bundle where you have to pay money. Right, And sometimes you just double click. And if you double click, you end up spending money you don't need to yeah, spend. Fuck that. For, for no reason. Because it, it automatically switches the bundle. So imagine if you wanted to buy, if you wanted to get a free uh, uh, potato chips from the machine. Yum, 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 right? yum. And you put in the number to click OK. But before you click OK... It switches. It switches the one that you entered in to some other. Like an asshole vending machine (laughs) that's not free and automatically sucks in the money from your wallet using a vacuum (laughs) from the vending machine. (laughs) Like that's exactly what happens. Like it's it's so like I don't know, man. I I fucking despise (laughs) despise that game. But no, no. I mean, if I mean, if the game's good, I might give it a try.
0: Can you separate the art from the honest, Matt? I think you can, yeah.
2: Yeah. There I might separ- be some I, I hidden file of a game know. developer screaming somewhere in the in the disc <laughs> burnt into the, the archives. Yeah. I think it's a bit I different
0: when it's a multi-conglomerate corporation. I don't think you can really say that's the artist.
2: I don't know. I'd still yeah. feel like... Bad about material. No, that's what that whoa, 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 whoa. I mean. Oh, it's worse.
1: Oh, worse. Oh. When
2: the,
1: when Diablo huh. 2 Resurrection comes out, I'm playing that oh, yeah? game. You're
2: gonna do it? I'm you're gonna cross it. the picket line. Oh yeah. I'm oh, and game. Well, hang on. Let me let me ask another question. Are you going to uh uh assail the high seas <laughs> to to get a hold of that game? Or are you going to you know, get on Steam, take the credit card out, type in your security code.
1: Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, well, it's not gonna be on Steam. Oh b- yeah.
2: beam, the Blizzard version. But yeah,
1: I'll get on I'll get on BattleNet. Oh, well, wonder what the buy that thing.
2: Don't read the comics. Uh, I have a uh...
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. The same people leaving stupid ass fucking comments on this video. So I'm like, why would you buy this game? Before
2: before we go down, are that the, road. the same? Are, I, the same people who are going to buy the Diablo II? Right I have a lightweight <laughs> story to cap us off. Something something a lot more fun than 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 bathroom cameras. Um, and that is the the gamification of McDonald's. They were going to do a, a. They were thinking of, and then someone prematurely released materials saying they were going to do a giveaway of some modded PS5. Uh, DualSense controllers. On July 31st, Australian McDonald's announced that it would give away 50 special edition McDonald's PS5 DualSense controllers, painted with a trademark yellow, white, and red color scheme featuring hamburgers and french fries. Viewers who watched and interacted with the lineup of McDonald's-sponsored streamers playing things like like kid-friendly normie games, stuff like uh, Mario Kart, Minecraft... Overwatch and WoW was probably about as violent as these games are going to get. Yeah, McDonald's is getting into streaming. They're they're getting into controller mods. But evidently, the the big corporate fat cat stooges at Sony had to step in and ruin everyone's fun. Sony ended up blocking (laughs) the giveaway on the grounds that they never actually reached out to Sony for permission to distribute and give away sony products for for free as part of a promotional advertisement campaign you're between big corporations you you assumed you have the money to to pay people to use their property like that and they didn't go through with that step but this started a lot of fun lively debates about whether or not this controller looks cool even here on the dad and sons discord there were people going both ways because frankly i absolutely positively do not understand how anyone could have thought this controller looks cool yeah no it's uh
0: it's a uh, garish would you like garish with your garnish because it's
2: disgusting? Kind of what's your what's your what's your take on this McDonald's controller? It's very red. <laughs> it looks so gross. Thank you. Thank you. So we're all in agreement here. That's yes. three for three. We are yeah, men of for, taste. That's three for three. I think my yeah. least favorite part of it is where your right hand palm goes, which is straight into the lettuce and condiments and meat of the hamburger. You know, it's not a real hamburger. It's just painted on the controller, but my brain would not be able to unsee some horrible vision of me just slopping my palm into a hamburger from the wrong angle. Yeah. Every time I'd be playing games with that controller.
0: Let it stay where it was forged in the minds of Ronald McDonald.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I'm curious. You, you guys are you guys are so weirded out because I will play Diablo 2. Like I'm, I'm supposed to doom the entire studio just because idiots are in them. There's idiots in every fucking studio, in every fucking studio.
0: I think that's a fair point. I think,
1: like we've talked I, about this many times. I, I like want, yeah. I go I, back
0: to the Last of Us leaking thing. You know, yeah, hurting people who are hardworking who have done nothing wrong.
1: Like if it's a good game, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna buy it. Like.
0: I think I think for some people it's a case of until there are the changes that have been demanded by the the whole staff, right? You know, they have that list of demands that they sent to the management. Until that is instigated, I think some people are kind of
2: holding and, off. And the thing is, there's idiots at every studio, but not every studio lets it get as bad as as this one did. Uh, this
1: is no, I I think this is just. Yeah, this is just known about, dude. Like, this shit happens all the time. And I hear this shit, and it fucking drives me nuts. But, like, it's it's just so... Like, that needs to change, you know? But,
2: like, dooming the entire studio... Well, you're not dooming them, because they're kind of sort of so big they're going to sell a jillion copies anyway. But, well, that's that's the point. So,
1: I'm going to buy the game. Like, I'm not going to not buy the game. So, me, personally, not not buying the game is going to change something? No, it's not. It's not. If there's some big, huge movement and we're like, we're not going to do it unless you change your stuff, like they're not going to change their stuff. No one's going to change their shit. They're not, they're not because you decide not to buy their game. Like people are going to buy it. Like it, that's Unless there is the like the a world
0: collective, works. yeah, unless there's a like, collective be, it's understanding. Happened before. But it does yeah. work. There was protests inside of World of Warcraft that got things changed recently. So from a collective standpoint, uh, they protested about the the quest givers and stuff that were named after Alex... Uh, uh, what's his name? Afarasiabi.
1: Uh, oh, that's an easy change. It has nothing to do with real life. You know, people going to a studio, people getting harassed. That's... Uh, fucking changing the name of somebody is so simple compared to, like, actually people's... Like,
0: yes, of course, but I mean personalities the need to be that, fucking.
1: That fixed. change
0: happened because fans of the game were protesting. That wasn't staff, right? So the internal stuff inside of the studio is there's a lot of external pressure, but as I talked about like two weeks ago, you know, it's internal pressure that needs to happen. You know, and them walking out and doing the Blizzard walkout is a great start to that. I think. I think you're right. I think it's not on the consumer to change these things, but you know, there is a show of support you can as give as a media
2: person too. You have a louder voice than an anonymous consumer. I do not have a louder voice. <laughs> I do not have a louder voice. He's got a sexy um, voice. You do. You do. Listen,
1: if if people people want to, like the thing is the things that would actually change is exactly what you said like the people there would hack actually yeah. have to like step forward it, it, internal, and actually internal internal pressure. Yeah. I always And stand up. Because consumers yeah. are always gonna buy the shit. And most people don't know this is going on. Most people don't look up this stuff. It was in the Normies are going to buy Diablo It, it two was in the New York Times. And oh, was it?
0: Yeah. I still agree with the things that I talked about. I think the, you know studios don't care about external pressure they really do not like for the most part no. this is this is on a scale unlike anything else as we've just aforementioned you know there They're is massive you know th- yeah but there is a and lot
2: everyone's leaving
0: usually external pressure external pressure well the president has been ousted you know it's bad essentially <laughs> yeah stuff so, is
2: changing right now as yeah. we're recording
0: a- external pressure usually doesn't work um internal pressure has to happen that's why we've had the blizzard walkout I think if there was a- Yeah, but it has nothing to
1: do with actually buying the game compared no, to the pressure that this, they're getting. Yeah, not at this moment It's not time. about the game. And that's what I'm talking about.
0: I think it will happen though. I think what I'm saying is it will happen because there are already- protests from dedicated world of warcraft players to you know not play mm. the game or not pay the subscriptions to do certain things when blizzard tried to release whatever their next game right right now they're not trying to release a new game imagine if they had a scheduled release oh, game the, right diablo
1: now. 2 is the next the next one
0: okay so yeah so that'll be the first one but that's not like an overwatch 2 or you know a diablo 4 oh, or anything it's that's gonna
1: it's
2: huge though it's And Diablo Four as well.
0: It's not Diablo Four like Overwatch Two. It's coming
2: out in a month and a half, September twenty first. Do you think this is still going to be in the news when that game comes out? Probably. This is this is the most
1: stuff I've seen in a while, right? It was on CNN. Yeah, this is the most stuff I've seen in a while. It's probably going to be around for a few more months.
0: Ultimately, I think consumers can make their own choice, you know. But as George says, and you know, you you, you What is it? You fight with your
1: money or whatever, you know.
2: Vote with your dollar.
1: Vote with your dollar, whatever the hell that saying is. I, I I, guess I understand. I guess I understand what you're saying. But
0: ultimately, you're right. I think you aren't making a difference if you don't buy the game. But if there's a, like, let's say there's a hashtag on Twitter and people are like, collectively, we're not, we're boycotting this.
1: If there's some huge thing, yeah, I'll join it. I don't need to play Diablo. You don't two need to play Diablo.
2: Two. Quickly. I don't, don't, no to, I don't need no one needs to play any game to be no honest. One. I don't even I don't need to do anything. The pre-order <laughs> hype culture is something everyone's complained about for No one needs to buy games as soon as they come out. Hey, oh. will you stop that please? <laughs> dude, dude, people do people do need to buy games
1: as soon as they come out. If I made a game, I would want people to buy my yeah, game. Yeah, but they don't the need to. Out.
0: I would uh, <laughs> Nobody needs to buy nobody needs to buy movie tickets, but you know, box office weekends are big
1: deals. <laughs> I would want someone to go watch my movie day 1 and make it an event. But no one needs to. Yeah, I would want someone to do that. Like you're thinking because this doesn't affect you. And that type of thinking that that lack of empathy. So I have a lack of empathy. Not good, bro.
2: <laughs> And and I'm saying that with me saying that I was going to buy Diablo too,
1: <laughs> so you know that's that's the other side to
2: it for for not wanting to buy expensive things on day one on launch when they're like kind of sort of at their worst conditions. No, like we've been through this. No, no one's life expectancy is going to go down if they wait a few weeks or months to play something after it comes out. Yeah, no,
0: no consumer, but you, yeah, because and we, you know, timeless dens. Argument,
1: please. From please. a
0: development standpoint, of course, that is very different. It's a very different point of view. You know, the sales in your first week and your first month are huge compared to the long tail. But that is beside the point about purchasing things from studios that are millions of billions of dollars of cash flow. Right. Point is Activision, right now, especially Activision under Bobby Cardick is arguably in disarray and needs dire change. And that change will come both internally and with external pressure. And already a lot of stuff has already happened, including the president J. Alan Brack being removed or retired or whatever he's resigned. Whatever the truth, it resigned, and then I imagine Fran Townsend is going to be gone soon, considering she's blocking her own employees off of Twitter, and her Twitter account has been nuked as we speak in the last hour. So by the time you're probably listening to this, she will also have been gone. Of course, this doesn't change that Bobby Kotick still runs it. There are new people. They might. the 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 important thing is that the the demands that the Blizzard staff have put have demanded that they have all kind of consciously agreed will make a better workplace. If those demands are not met, then this will be an ongoing thing, minus the lawsuit, because you can change internal, but you can suffer the consequences. So it'll be interesting to see just how much they move towards changing the internal structure right now. And it might be a case where people have boycott their games, right? Boycott their releases to try and put that external pressure on them to help the, you know, devs get better things but right now of course that's not happening and it's up to the consumer still to do what they want as matt says there is another side to it where there are people who have suffered through it who are still working there who make these games because they want people to play it and the best thing i like in my situation when i went to Rockstar, is i wanted people to play those games right even though if, every day if, was misery. It did get to a point where I hate I, you know, I didn't like Rockstar at all that I wanted their games to kind of fail. You know, sometimes you get that feeling too, but that's not everybody. So I think there is kind of a weird balance you have to strike between supporting people who make great games. If I worked uh,
1: for uh Blizzard, right? What if I got a job at Blizzard, right? I was a, a video editor or we a hiring video video editors a couple few months ago and I worked for there. And my crew, the people I talked to. None of this stuff happens. There's no way this shit will happen in front of me um, at this point in my life. I'm too old for that shit to to watch like straight up, straight up just nasty behavior. Then I start hearing this stuff. What if, like, I don't know, this will directly affect me, whatever game it is? And the, the it will be pay cuts and stuff like that and stuff like that. Have everything go. Like, what happens then? Do I gladly take that pay cut and be like, "Yeah, this company needs to go down." Do I just quit and go to a different job? Like, what is your guys' opinion on someone who, it, yeah, is there? Like, would you, would you want someone to buy and still play that game, or if that result affected? that employee like maybe it's not video editing maybe it's whatever i don't i am assuming not I, every team I is never filled with yeah. white dudes who do stupid shit like it's just i'm assuming i've i've met a couple of blizzard employees they seem okay but like i don't know them
0: i never agree that people should lose their jobs for the
1: even like if do, a do people quit like is this another thing where I'm like sure police officers they they ask police officers to yeah. quit Right, remember I'm that sure. with the BLM stuff, they're like, yeah. "Oh yeah, police officers should quit." Blah blah. This is terrible, you know. That's
0: very yeah. That, that is that's very a, different. This is people, yeah.
1: yeah it's video really games. widespread. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, but like, there are people quitting right I mean, now. Where, where's where's the where's the line for you guys? There are
0: people quitting who are at fault, right? There, there hasn't really been people, you know, staff members who want change, who are just normal staff members who. They're not quitting. They're they're walking out. They are going on strike. They're trying to push for better working conditions in Blizzard, right? They want to get back to doing what they want to do, which is to make games in peace, you know, with better working conditions for all. They're not quitting. They're fighting. That's different. I, I you know, and the I, I,
1: what I'm saying is just I, I feel like this is a very complex like problem, and we're like outside looking into something when there's like so much more that could be going on. That we what? don't know of.
2: And then we're like, no, you should do what? this, you should do that. What? Like I I don't know. We,
1: like it's this. What we do know is that
2: it. they are experiencing a kind of talent drain over the past year and that they are also organizing coalitions and a unionization effort behind the scenes. That is yeah. what the average so rank and file employees are doing behind the scenes as a result of this this scandal. Yeah.
0: I, that's what I, should happen. I don't think right.
2: And it's like they shouldn't cut. be they shouldn't the thing be. That happens in this situation.
0: They shouldn't be embarrassed to work at Blizzard, right? They should be fighting to make what they joined Blizzard for, uh, you know, what they what they feel Blizzard represents. Right now, there are select people in Blizzard who have been there far too long and cultivated an internal, for like secret cabal of power abuse, right? But there are so many people who joined Blizzard because of their games, because of the power in which Blizzard had through their games. And those people can be the people internally who can get unionized fights and then do what, the, you know, carve Blizzard in the image that they assumed they were joining, I don't think people should, I don't think in these instances, people should ever be pressured to quit their job. I can't remember, IGN, I think, you know, the IGN thing, when people were saying that, that people for IGN should quit their jobs because they mm-hmm. removed the Palestine thing. Yeah,
1: that's it's, the first it's thing people It's absolutely
0: ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you should never do that to people who have jobs. You don't know what their situations are. But... This is different. We're talking about management versus employee. And, you know, in this instance, and the same in the IGN one, it is management. It is people in power who are ruining it for everybody, right? So there's always this tough balance between, well, the management don't make those fucking games, right? Like Diablo 2 or whatever. It is the employees, you know, the rank and file employees who slave day after day to make those games and then it's it's hard to think of like boycotting games and stuff like that as ways to get back at management outside of monetary stuff. And yeah, it can happen, but it, it
1: hurts. Oh, they don't get their second island. Yeah. It's, it's it's the people below them that are gonna get fucked.
0: It's it's tough. It is tough. Um, but in terms of like what is happening, you know, the games industry is coming out in support of the walkouts and stuff like that. So there is external pressure via other avenues and
1: we, we we were I, just talking t- about a, how things really changed, t- right? From the '80s, right? We're just talking about that. Things are things are changing. This is a good thing. Things are changing, right, for the better. I w- I, I would hope so that this ends well, or maybe <laughs> they explode and nothing comes out. And bye bye World of Warcraft. I don't know, but I, in a positive note, I think I think things will be different. More and more, this stuff keeps coming out every single year. People are getting a little bit more educated. I would say, you know, before, uh, a lot of the kids online used to say it's a lot of dumb shit. But now, there's a little bit of variety now, right? It's not just like everyone just telling developers who are going through this stuff to do dumb shit. You know, the Gamergate days are kind of done. Uh, Well, you know, they have their little niche crowd, but that's pretty much it. So, like, hopefully, I would say things are getting better, right? It sucks right now still, but... I would like to look for, for the future because if if I didn't for even for myself then shit I would be in depression working at you know <laughs> back at a microcenter so it's yeah
0: it's a it, it's a tough one I think in this instance the, what is happening is gonna keep on happening I think it unless big scale change happens at a company like this we've seen the Ubisoft thing and nothing changed and. Nobody really did anything, it,
1: and the in the fear for your job type thing, you know. Like I, I bet that's why a lot of people don't speak up.
0: Of course, I've, that's why this culture of this is why they,
1: it, it keeps going. Yeah,
0: yeah. it happened to rockstar. It is about the fear of losing your job, saying something, you'll be blacklisted, you'll be you yeah. know, forced out, you won't get bonuses, you won't get promoted. That's how they get away with this shit, and and it is so important for people to speak out in studios and stuff like that or stick together and have those but, groups or have those places if, th-
1: those
2: if there was more of that it would One be of different. all of what you guys just talked about is incompatible though with a boycott from a small percentage of invested fans who follow the news a lot closer than the normies do. A lot of those small invested fans and journalists did very publicly boycott Red Dead Redemption 2 before it came out, because that is also a prime example of a game that had a lot of crunch time getting put in for features that are entirely superfluous, like your horse's testicles shrinking in the snow. And that ultimately did not really cut anyone's paycheck or the sales of the game because it still broke records because the vast majority of people out there are not going to be following the news as close as us media personalities whose opinions and plans... And reputations are all at stake in and, and a platform where what we say on this show does influence how other people behave. So, so, so if it didn't do anything, then what was the point? To bring awareness to one of these problems that actually may have butterfly-affected into what you think is a good change right now. No, it. it this, no, did, did it affect anything, boycotting Red, Red Dead Redemption 2? Did it boy- a lot more people know what the term crunch is now. Being vocal. From Red Dead Redemption 2, not the other. Yes, it was part of the other around 2014 15, was when. Was when you started hearing more and more stories around Crunch Culture develop and then around 2018-19, Red Dead Redemption 2 was one of the stars of that show. That was one of the Because new... it
1: was talked about or because people boycotted Both,
2: it. I guess people did boycott it. And yeah, the boycott doesn't do anything in, in terms of hard numbers, but in terms of raising awareness and educating people, it does. Yeah, you're more of a revolutionary. Yeah, I'm than angry I am. about rich people, like pretty much twenty four seven. You can tell. Yeah, it's 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 a thing. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, when when I looked, found out how much Donald Trump <laughs> pays in taxes, man. Rich people fucking I, suck. Seven hundred dollars.
0: It's 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 so hard. It's it's such a dichotomy, though, because while I'm also equally angry with you, George, about. Bobby Coddick getting richer and Matt paying <laughs> Matt buying Diablo two and that money going to Bobby Kotick. I get it. At the same time, as a dev and who worked at Rockstar and went through those things you just talked about, you know, it does. Af- th- these things do affect the the little guy. It does. So it is not black and white. It's very, very nuanced and tough. Shit. And it, I think Matt not buying Diablo or Matt buying Diablo will, is not the answer. I'll the say answer this right is, now. The answer is, you know, while it's I'll say this right, internal change. But,
1: because you guys, you guys said some, uh, some decent points. I won't buy Diablo.
2: Because I do support. Uh, I do you support. Mean, all you have to do, my friend, is just wait a... No one needs it's, to buy I don't Diablo. need to buy Diablo. No one needs Oh
0: look at Georgie's face. <laughs> no one just needs to smiled. buy any video games to be
1: honest.
2: Like, what just happened? Just... What in
0: the
1: world did I do all of a sudden? <laughs> no 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 no. We we can you give you guys video please games shut and up? Relax, to chill after a nice hard day of work. That's that's what games. Georgia are.
0: actually but, did change. You know, it,
1: yeah i won't I won't buy it if it, if it if it actually does something let me let me actually be part of the solution itself. Well, well, yeah you know.
2: if if you did not do this show, I will say it will matter less you I know that you do not engage with like like that's not true of course on, it would. On this week you did engage <laughs> a lot with the community, but if you read a lot of the messages in our community, you'll see that what you say does actually impact the decision other people make, and that's why you are a bigger media oh, personality
1: shit, I, than you think oh uh, uh, okay. Well well guys I don't well for me I don't care what you guys do. Buy Diablo, don't buy Diablo. I don't <laughs> oh fine fuck. fuck. Like I I will still play Hunt Showdown with you
2: e- even though Hunt Showdown has its own nasty oh, bit no, of he's baggage. Backwards. Like like they they stole that project from a studio they laid off and shut down after they had already done diligent good work on it.
1: It's everywhere, man. It's everywhere.
2: But is the game But I also bought it on discount a year after it came out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I,
1: actually Yeah, we got into this around the same time. Yeah, it was a good time.
2: The the pace with which the price of a video game depreciate makes it feel not difficult at all for me to not buy stuff on launch. Games get so... Except for Nintendo games. Oh, well, then there's... uh, You buy them used is what you Nintendo do with Nintendo games. games. You can put a pay what you want <laughs> link next to it and feel no guilty whatsoever. Well,
0: if you release games for free, they can never depreciate.
2: Uh Oh, God. I have a... Uh... Oh, I have a dastardly question that we should You're jump better. to from that. that uh, no,
0: God, no! Are I, you guys ready? I, I, you, dastardly! Is gonna this idea. is going to be more more <laughs> tough
2: discussion here. <clears throat> the statute of limitations is up, says Nykaris. Damn, we should. what is the first piece of media you ever pirated? Oh no! It's got it's first, first? first, no, first in history. That. Go way Maybe back you to your childhood. childhood. Cause that's also when you're oh, least guilty shit. too, because no, you don't know right. better. Lime wire yeah, 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 yeah. Limewire, yeah. yeah, back in those days. Limewire for sure. Uh-huh. Music. So, yeah. so I, I did Aaron Carter. The very first song I downloaded on Napster in 2001 was Aaron. Oh, Aaron, what are we going to do with you? Oh my God. Yeah. Few years after oh, the the turn of the I millennium, think I stuff. What you were into emo.
0: Oh my god! I think I, mine was Panic at the Disco's "I Write Sins Not Tragedies." Before I bought the album, was it? Was there? I it must have been. Or even like a, what was that Newgrounds hit?
2: Yeah, Lemon Demon. Old was around,
0: the, the Ultimate Showdown. Yeah, yeah, Ultimate Showdown. Old
2: Godzilla was stomping it down. Tokyo City, make a big playground. Speaking of careers. That guy's internet career is like the most gracefully aged one of them all. He's never been in trouble. He's never been in a big scandal, and he's always made like good, clean comedy. Everyone, no one's offended at. That still still gets good laughs in. He's he's a gem, a real gem. I don't like that question. <gasps> okay, let me really don't like that question because I might I have hurt someone's feelings. Listening. What
0: was the last game you pirated? <laughs> You remember, <laughs> you, rem- you remember pirating? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's why I want to ask, because there was a turning <laughs> point. I don't know about you, but whether it's becoming an adult where you ha- suddenly have money, for, you know, a little bit, and you got the Steam R- account. R- ROMs count? And and then you're like, oh, Roms, I can just purchase Roms games Roms
2: instead. What was the last I thing don't you- think I've done that.
0: No, 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 no. I'm talking like, uh, I'm talking like, Sweet release on release. The, the, the
2: real answer to the question would be like like old DOS games, which was so many years ago. I pirated doesn't, a doesn't lot count. back in the day. I'm days, talking about man. like what, when you were poor. And you okay, I got one. To buy I, a I got game. one. When I made my video on um, Civilization and Global Warming, I pirated Civ. So, 4. So,
0: what was the big release you remember? You didn't you? Pirated? I pirated SimCity Societies
2: <laughs> Deluxe Edition. <laughs> for that video. Oh my God. Yeah, if I... <laughs> because you were just going to play it for If that I need a, just it. a few minutes of footage for a game that's like 10 right. to 12 years old and not easy to purchase on modern digital platforms, and then I'm immediately going to uninstall it and never play it again, like there th- there's a certain threshold of like convenience to the value that I think will push me over. But it has, I've not pirated like a major release on launch week since i don't know i think maybe shortly after college graduation i do not feel the temptation like i did when i was a kid pirating aaron carter and eminem songs oh
0: yeah i i know i think i remember what the last game that you know big release that i pirated when i didn't have you know i was a poor student or whatever minus like the Mm. wii stuff back in the day but pretty sure it was Deus Ex. When, Human one revolution. game
2: that does kind of sting when I think back on it, when I was in college, I did play Bioshock on launch week with, with a torrented version. <laughs> but that was that was in college. You no, know, I was in college. I was like 19 years old. I had no money. <laughs> and the statute of limitations yeah, is up. Nicaris- <laughs> President Nicarus said so in the question. <laughs> But yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at my folder, and like big expensive games are SimCity, Del- Societies, and Civ IV. <laughs>
0: and that was like
2: a last year to a year and a half ago. But I haven't pirated anything recently released since those college days. I I want to point out though that back when I was a child, child pirating music on Napster, the other songs I would download would be Eminem songs because I I wasn't allowed to buy them in the store, and they were still like really really popular at the time. You know the. The real slim shady and the. Yeah.
0: Probably loads the system of the down songs. Although I had most of the system. Type in anything anything
2: on YouTube and it'll come up with none of that ad revenue going. If it's hosted on an alternate channel that has no connection to the original artist, then does that count as piracy? Yeah, now. Well, even like like a fraction of pennies make it back to the artist in that case. If it's like a YouTube video hosted by someone who monetized the video who's not connected with the artist, then that's like that should feel bad, but it doesn't, you know? Like when you torrent a a full big release game, like it feels bad. Even in college when I had no money playing Bioshock on launch week, it felt bad. It didn't feel bad when I was a child, but once I passed the age of 18, it started feeling bad and then I stopped. But it does not feel bad to watch YouTube videos that are basically piracy. The, like, infrastructure is not the same. You don't have to jump through as many hoops and put up with as many inconveniences. It doesn't feel like it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think that's that hilarious. counts it's because insane. there's no interactivity, and that's what video games are about. Even if it's, like, a story-based game that that doesn't have combat, you're still making decisions and immersing your brain in the world and your senses. Mm-hmm. I feel like just walking around a game world is enough to make a fundamentally different media experience than watching a video. Uh, yeah, that was that was good and rough. Are we are we ready to move on to maybe one more? Agreed. One more. Mm-hmm. Let's do one more. we
0: were already wow. We've been doing bumper episodes recently.
2: Okay. Uh, Argos has a fun question for us. This was actually reposted from slash Reddit, but it started a big, good discussion. Argos says, you are offered a million dollars, but to claim it, you must enter the last video game you played and stay there for a year. If you accept the money, how is life there? So I guess you can spend the money while you're there.
1: Wait, enter?
2: Oh. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. my
1: god, I'm at war
0: with furries in a giant tank. They're gonna, oh my god, the furries are gonna sacrifice me to the soul Bro. cannon. Oh my, oh no, I don't think I can survive. You know, huh. They're gonna sacrifice me to the cannon. My life is not but that bad Who are they in fighting? three
2: houses, man. A lot of waifus everywhere. Why, why, are, why is there a you conflict? Know. Who are the bad guys in three houses? Yeah. Oh,
0: Matt, you, ah, uh, but you have to eat that shitty fruit. I do get to have tea time.
2: But you get to go to tea so time. The guys are pretty sexy too, to be honest. Are they really horrifying? Are they a real threat? You sound quite comfortable with, yeah. with the situation. Yeah, uh, the bad,
0: yeah, the bad guys. There's there's multiple different groups of bad guys. I
2: think
1: I think I will train hard, get strong, <laughs> eat your Wheaties. Let's go, to school, man. Yeah, I, I mean, if it's a video game, then I should be able to level you up and I'll be able school. to see my stats.
2: Remember, you can all upgrade right, your odds. I arts I, I would be levels. inside of Cruelty <laughs> Squad and i doubt i would last the year considering my my opinions i'd be liquidated Ugh. i'd get liquidated by the security exchange commission's death squad <laughs> so cru- cruelty squad is a universe where corporate paid police will come to your house and shoot you if you're late for rent cruelty squad is a universe where t- if the employees complain about their working conditions the bosses will kick them out the window yeah i don't i don't i, I Cruelty Squad is a universe where Damn. where life is Damn. incredibly cheap, and this is part of the, the flavor text in the description about the tranquilizer pistol because the if you decide to do a non-lethal option, then they quit making tranquilizers and non-lethal weapons for humans long, long ago in the Cruelty Squad universe. Uh, you use an animal control pistol instead. Yeah, I'd be dead. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That is how much one house costs in Cruelty Squad. Yeah, you'd be dead. The uh, end game quest you do in Cruelty Squad is is replaying missions on harder and harder difficulty until you can raise one million dollars to buy a single house. How much was a million days? dollars
1: back in the days in the olden times?
2: Oh wow! About, the, whoa, whoa. Okay, like Camelot, um, Camelot days. Yeah, I don't know if it's like if you could do that. Oh, you're talking uh, about uh, three houses days. A million dollars. It's <laughs> not Camelot
0: days. They wear like leather outfits and shit.
2: How much you'd have to turn it into gold or silver or something. I I don't know if like you could do that. Yeah, yeah. It would it would definitely be gold. <laughs> a whole country. And you can't transfer it everywhere yeah. too. So like like that's that's before credit and before capitalism. It, well, not I I don't. It's debatable, but I don't know if you could really just take a hundred dollars and translate it into value if you time traveled back into, into Camelot. Hopefully, I can like put my gold. You know what you would need to do Bitcoin is back. just like buy a gun and a suit of armor and then go back to Camelot and you're good. Oh, and some soap. Don't forget the soap. <laughs> yeah, you definitely need soap. Oh, God. <laughs> So. there's uh, the Mark Twain book A Connecticut and King Arthur's court where, where he time travels back to Camelot and tries to show them the wondrous miracles of modern technology. But he ends up accidentally starting World War One like 400 years before it's supposed to happen. <laughs> so you might end up just screwing everything up with with your wealth.
1: I probably would. I probably would like, oh, he's dressed strangely. Look at those spectacles. Yeah. Yes,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> An outlet.
0: Uh, have any of you guys got a charger? Around but here? but
2: there was the, the one character of Mansa Musa who had so much gold and would just throw it out to the pre- peasants whenever he traveled abroad that this one guy would completely destabilize national economies whenever he was traveling. He is the richest man in all of history i wonder if you could actually compare that to like the modern day Bezos gates types because he also didn't have air conditioning and <laughs> re- respective multi-corporate holdings putting out millions of stuff on assembly lines it is hard to translate when you go back that far it, it, that reminds me of like it's like
1: the worst part about going back to three houses would be like taking baths and taking shits like you would i wonder if they have like proper stuff in that universe
2: yeah what if your waifu like it could really ruin the mood with your waifu well i mean yeah
1: this is probably a lot of things that are are not the same you know we're we're, we're getting only a, a 720p image if i get there i'm i'm getting the full a full 12k retina
2: <laughs> they're probably gonna look real different I mean, if, oh, muscles if you like up. traveled back to ancient Rome, everyone would just be naked taking baths all the time and no one would probably smell as bad as if you went back to like medieval Britain instead. Those pixelated muscles. The Romans had big baths. The Romans had like primitive pu- plumbing. They were they yeah. were way... That was one of their prime like, like racist complaints about the barbarians was they didn't bathe as much as the Romans did. Yeah, they were clean. I, I see the
1: cubicles that the three houses people live in, and I don't see a
2: bathroom. Fun in it, so. fact, though: the Roman baths did not have mm. a drainage system, so everyone's filth would just gradually accumulate in the water over the day. Mm. But they were still probably mm. <laughs> better off than than most other people in in Europe at the time. Probably. But whoa, we uh. We we went places this episode, and I'm surprised we did it smoothly and amicably and, uh, enough. Did we? <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we we went on a while. We should uh yeah, we, we, yeah. We, we, we should be heading out here. I should go meet my my new doggo. You gotta you gotta in a us few hours. Pits. I'm I'm not gonna be lonely ever again. <laughs> oh
0: my god, the dog! Yes.
2: <laughs> oh man. And I, uh, I, I, I will talk to you guys and uh, uh, see, see, you listeners, and and uh, <laughs> catch up on the big Activision fiasco of two thousand twenty one. After, after I get to know Eddie, Eddie is is the dog's name. Oh, there we go, Murphy, and ah.